D-Lo, you're back for another Trail Show recording. Why, yeah! Only for a short time. You see, I've got another project for the administration. This is crazy. First, you were personally digging post holes for the border wall, and that got canceled. Now they've got another project for you. This is unreal, man. This one is near and dear to my heart, dearest Disco. The border wall kind of meant nothing to me. My heart wasn't never in the project. I liked the idea of digging post holes for a couple of years, but that was about it. I never really had any fire in me for the project. But this next project, oh, this next oh, project. Oh, God, please. What is it? Stop making it like an Ask a Hiker question. Tell Ryan Zinke. Ryan Zinke himself has reached out to me over the last month and asked me to be the director of a new program in the Department of the Interior that will push for the opening of federal wilderness areas and national scenic trails to mountain bikes. It's called the Department of Wheeled Access to Wilderness Areas, or WAWA for short, because, you know, everything in Washington has an acronym. Oh my God, Wawa! Yes, can you just picture it? Imagine if the entire CDT was as crowded with bikes as the trails south from Monarch Passes on a Saturday morning in August. How awesome would that be? I mean, for someone like me with a large collection of bike trailers, multi-day trips, pulling my two-year-old in a trailer could be within reach. I could get on the trail again. Just imagine. So where are you going, and when do you leave, D'Lo? I'm heading down to the Gila first. That's ground zero in the fight to open up the federal wilderness areas to mountain bikes, strollers, and bike trailers. Just imagine all the happy parents from Silver City who will now be able to take their babies deep into the wilderness on a Saturday afternoon. It's really just opening up the wilderness to more advocates, if you ask me. Strollers. Bike trailers, wheelbarrows, and mountain bikes. And everything else with wheels, like excavators. This is madness. The Gila should not be open to, to strollers, especially, because, you know, the boulderites are going to go down there with their bobs. Ryan Zinke has been bought by oil companies. We all know that. And, I mean, the man can't even fly fish. He's probably never been in the wilderness. He rigged his flywheel backwards. He rigged his fly real bad. Look, all right, guys, let's just start the show, okay? Leave Ryan Zinke alone. Leave the Secretary of the Department of Interior alone. This is a great opportunity for me. It's better than when I live with the Amish, okay? We're going to open the wilderness to strollers, mountain bikes, and scooters. Should I start the show? Yes, please make him stop. You're tuned to the trail show. Get on the trail! We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody fiesta? It's the trail show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Junaid Special 41. Daoud. I don't think you need to tell him, but it pop if you got some of them little brandy on the little nub nub or something or something. And now, broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. This is the Trail Show. And we are live in a secret basement in South Boulder, ladies and gentlemen. Secret. Super secret. The Trail Show is a monthly mashup of all things trail and has been downloaded over half a million times in 150 countries ac- across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on iTunes, 
the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and at thetrailshow.com. If your business or nonprofit is interested in advertising on The Trail Show, please email our crack advertising staff at sales at thetrailshow.com. Partner with The Trail Show and get the word out about your business or nonprofit. That contact info, again, Delo is sales at thetrailshow.com. I appreciate that. All right, P.U.D., let's set the table and tell the folks what's on the buffet today. All right. Well, we've got our Trail of the Month. We've got Beer of the Month, and we got some nice ones here, guys. And we even have a, <laughs> we even have a cider that, uh, Ooh, that cider. we may or may not have sampled already. It's uh, so good. So good. Uh, we've got... We've got an uh, embedded reporter. That's exciting. Always, always to get fun to get an uh, audio clip. We've, we're going to go over our trips from the past month, which shouldn't take long because it's just you and I. We've got our trail tough. tips. Tough crowd. We've got some media review, which is going to be exciting. It's the BYOMR. We'll talk about that later. And, um, you know, all the other stuff, mailbag, ask a hiker, some updates, some some, we've got a real tent stake here tonight. Whoa. We do. We do, people. Yes. You guys had the truck drop off the tent stake today here at, at this house, didn't yes. you? Yes, we did. It was, it was actually, took a while because it's, it's so big that it had to be flagged <laughs> as a wild load on the 285 getting here today, yeah, so it was yeah. exciting. Ha- so, yeah. Hazardous material. Donors, shout outs. We got some donators. We got some union breaks. We got some beers. Let's talk about Will the there, beers. Wait a minute, just... Yes, Dilo. Yes, yes. Will there be any nonsense tonight? Uh, come on, that's the third wheel of the show. That's okay. right. There's All a right. tripod, Dilo. On one leg is beers, on the other leg is trails, and on the last leg, nonsense. It, that's correct. Fantastic. Before we get into our Skype call, let's yes. talk about Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. Dilo, take it away. Looks like tonight we have some beers from the ABQ. Albuquerque, baby. That's right. For those of you who are not from the Intermountain West, ABQ stands for? Albuquerque, baby. Tonight we have the Marble Brewing Company's beers here in my hand. What do you have? We've got the Marble IPA. We've got the Marble Double White Ale brewed with spices. I've got the delicious hard apple cider red. That from one's from Tractor, Tractor Brewing. Brewing Company, which their their uh, website is called getplowed.com. Over here, <laughs> something that Disco has just re- drank on his drive up here when he was behind the wheels no, of the 18-wheeler, no, no. was the Red Rye Out, which was also a New Mexican beer. This one is from Their Peak at a burned red ale. It's I, from El Cumbre Brewing Company. Oh, that's what I bought tonight for my own. The my Elevation own. IPA? I didn't, I don't know. I'd have to look at it. The I guy bet, at the store was. was really excited about what I bought from the Cumbre <laughs> Brewing Company. He yes. was like, man, that's some good beer. It is. And there was like 10 people in line behind me. It was real hectic. I think that's probably about all the traction you're going to get out of that voice. Okay. Well, you know, this is my real voice. I don't know what you're talking about with a different, like, this is like really my Bye, voice. Felicia. New Mexican beers at their peak. What do we have? I have my hand. I can't even hand hold all these beers in my hands. There's just so many of them. I've is got that, a is that unfiltered Bavarian style wheat ale from New Mexico. It's New Mexican beers at their peak from the Cumbre. You like that rolling R, Felicia? I got the Marble IPA. I already talked about one. I got the Marble Double Y. I put that one back, baby. Yeah, there we go. We got a lot of beers to sample tonight, people. I got to uh, tell you, the Red Riot. I I may have had a. 
six or 12 of those when I was down in Albuquerque <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I brought some back. That is a delicious. I can't wait to sample it. Red, hoppy, just yes. lovely, lovely beverage. And we want to thank uh, Mark and Julia because yes. they sent along a lot of this beer for tonight. Shout out. And also hosted us for Whoa. three or four nights. Whoa, I just had a sip of the marble. India Pale Ale, and boy, my lips puckered up. This this puppy, little is, zing to it. This puppy has got some IBUs, man. How many? How many? Ninety-five of them, man. That's almost like to the top of the IBU scale. Although there is no upper limit to the IBU scale, but there is a limit to what your taste buds can s- right, sense. Right, that's but correct. There is no limit. You could have a thousand IBUs. You or how just, about you know four twenty. 420 oh, IBUs. Someone should make a beer with well, there, four. There is. You know what um, happens yeah. if you drink a 420 IBU beer? Your teeth just kind of like... Fall out. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> your, de- your dentures just immediately... But oh my floor. God, would that be a good beer? <laughs> Hashtag denture Donald's. Oh, man. Oh, oh how dare you? That's right. Oh, you're doing that. You're not supposed to talk about politics. We don't talk politics. I'm poli- not. I'm maybe, talking about dentures. Maybe we should talk about religion on tonight's show, because tonight is the fourth night of the Festival of Lights. It is. Chanaka, right? Do you yeah, like we'll save that for our Trail of the Month. Okay. Very good. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Speaking of Trail of the Month. Yeah. Tonight, we are going to be featuring the Israel National Trail. Yes. And our guest tonight, who is Chris Hillier, also known as Wolverine. Wow. And he's from Michigan, so of course he's called the Wolverine. Uh, absolutely. It makes sense. Is that That's like right. is that like a, a, a Michigan sports team or something? It is. So, right. I, so just I want our listeners to know that this voice that I'm using right now, I am practicing for my upcoming move to Georgia. And it's not going to last long because you are within arm's length of me. Uh, so. I, I, see, I'm moving to Georgia. I'm going to buy some land and open up a goat farm. So I'm just trying to fit How in. dare you, D'Lo? How dare you? Or maybe I'm going to move to South Carolina. I'm not really sure. Well, I, I can make some recommendations if you're looking to go to South Carolina. Yeah, I need to buy some cheap land and raise some goats. Colleton County, my friend. Anyway. Colleton County. Can we get back to Trail cheap of the Month, please? Land. Yes, let's do it. So, it's too early the Israel National Trail. Come on. We're going to be speaking with Wolverine. And uh, he has hiked it along with a lot of other stuff. So uh, let's let's chat with him and see what, what this trail is all about. Uh-oh. All right, you ready, deal? Get ready. Wolverine, Hanukkah Sameach. Hey, Wolverine, are you there? I'm here. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Han- Hanukkah Sameach. Yeah. Sorry, my Hebrew is a little rough. All right, hey, oh, they, at least you knew it was Hebrew. At least you knew it was Hebrew, man. <laughs> I like that. That was good. That was good. This is D'Lo. This is D'Lo, the Princess of Darkness and Disco with the Trail Show. Wolverine, thanks for coming on with us tonight. And, and Wolverine, Hanukkah Sameach means Happy Hanukkah. Ah. Tonight ah. is the fourth night of the Festival of Lights, my friend. Happy Hanukkah. Ah, that's right. Thank yeah. you. That's great. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> Wolverine, we've actually had quite a few listeners uh, asking us to feature this uh, the is Israel Trail as Trail of the Month for a while. So we're pretty stoked to have you on. And as a trail show listener, you kind of know the drill of of the type of questions that we're going to ask. But uh, first, why don't you start by just telling us when you hiked in Israel and, uh, you know, kind of the season that you were there. And then you can kind of talk about, you know, the beginning and end, and then we'll pipe in with our annoying questions. That's right. No, I went to, I did it in the spring of uh, last year. Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, from the research that I did, the best time was in the spring and to do it uh, northbound, to go um, from, do the desert part first, and then, uh, and then finish in the north. 
Yeah, I was there for uh, just shy of three months. If I stayed any longer, then I would have had got a special uh, visa. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so, and was that three I month was, was that three month window sufficient? Did you feel like you were pushing it to finish in three months? I mean, how long is it? I had plenty of time. The trail itself okay. is about six hundred fifty miles, so I had plenty of time for side trips to you know the Dead Sea and Jerusalem and uh, Tel Aviv stuff like that, and then. When I finished, I had time to fit in another uh, trail, the Golan Heights Trail. It's only about another 100 miles. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so the timing just worked out perfect. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about this trail. Um, yeah, I think we've all gotten mixed reports from different people. So talk to us about your experience. Where specifically does it start and finish? And, you know, kind of the length and what kind of terrain are you in? Is it urban? Is it wild? You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, the first thing is, as soon as I decided I was definitely doing this, is I reached out to to uh, Buck Thirty. No, oh, oh, first God. mistake. First Damn. mistake. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. and, uh, I know he's a friend of yours, but he was uh, <laughs> really helpful. Uh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, in Israel, and, and gave me a lot of good advice. Uh, and then the whole first, you know, almost half the trail is all serious desert. It's the Negev Desert, and it's really difficult hiking. There are parts of it where you have to pay somebody cash water for you. It's pretty tough. You know, I had done the PCT and then done the Anza Borrego, and, and uh, I had done the, uh, all of New Mexico as part of the CBT. So I thought I was pretty good at desert hiking, but this was uh, had its own unique challenges. Um, and then from there, it goes uh, kind of some urban hiking, you know, near and into Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Uh, and the scenery, you know, gets a lot greener, and there's a lot of uh, beautiful farmland, and, you know, and it's, it's really lush. And then toward the northern part of the trail, um, it actually gets, uh, there's some beautiful mountains up there. And, um, you know, so one of the things that attracted me to the trail was all these different, uh, environments all in a relatively short space, all in 650 miles. So yeah, I finished at, uh, um, Kibbutz Dan in the North. And then I went to Mount Hermon and went South on the Golan Heights trail, uh, back down to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee and then back to Tel Aviv and home from there. Now you, you mentioned that you had done a bunch of desert hiking as your background, but also in preparation for this this trip, and then you said that it was a little bit different. Can you talk about how the desert was different there than what you had experienced on the PCT in the uh, southern part of New Mexico and the CDT? I mean, first of all, it's, it's similar to those other hikes, uh, you're just hiking from one water source to another. You know, whether that's uh, you know somewhere that features water or uh, water that you had cast for you. You know, you're really just going from one water source to another. I guess also similar, but even more fierce, the sun is just unrelenting uh, in that desert. There's nowhere to hide. There's not a tree anywhere. And uh, you really got to plan for that and, and be careful. Are there any natural water sources during the, in the Negev Desert? I mean, there must be. But from the pictures that I saw online today while I was spending uh, a couple hours researching the Israel National Trail... Um, mm-hmm. it doesn't really look like there's all that much water. None. Everything I drank was from a bottle or a spigot. Wow. Whoa. Okay, and I, I want to, uh, Wolverine, this is Disco, I want to talk to you about that. So I went and saw a slideshow that a, a guy gave at an Alta West gathering uh, four or five years back about his hike of the Israel National Trail. And the thing I remember from his photos was that he was walking a lot of road shoulders. There was a lot of urbanness and there was a lot of convenience stores where he was getting those aforementioned bottles of water because that was his only water sources. Is that, is that a, a correct picture to paint or, or would you say that that's not quite the, the whole story? 
No, I'd agree with that. There is a good bit of road walking, um, and there are you know little uh, kibbutz and, and uh, moshav uh, along the way, um, and you know they inevitably have a, a little store in there where you can go and and, uh, and buy bottled water and get water. But there's also a lot of just you know really way out there, miles from anywhere, uh, beautiful terrain. No, that whole part of the world, uh, you know, used to be underwater, and you're constantly reminded of that. I mean, there's seashells and and stuff along the way um, that remind you that that used to be under the sea. Um, wow. But, That's yeah, cool. for me, it was a good, a good mix of, uh, uh, you know, hiking on the trails, um, you know, just some dirt roads, and then, you know, no one likes to hike along the side of a road, but uh, that's where the trail goes. That's where I went. Now, I saw a lot of pictures. <clears throat> you know, I, 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 I joke about spending hours online. I think I spent about 15 minutes today reading about the Israel <laughs> National Trail. I did spend a solid 15 minutes. I spent a solid 15 minutes. I looked at the girls' pictures on Facebook, the one who's on – if you Google Israel National Trail – you, find, you wind up on their site, and then they link to this girl who's got some great pictures. Um, but on the Israel National Trail website, there were some beautiful pictures of some completely barren mountains in the desert, in the Negev Desert. Um, could you talk about, like, the terrain, the geography down there? Because it doesn't look flat. It looks quite rugged. There are some beautiful trails. It looks well-marked, but it doesn't look like it there's is. a drop of water anywhere. It is well blazed. It is it is rugged, and you know I found it uh, difficult. Um, luckily, uh, a friend of mine, uh, another American, uh, did the desert portion with me. Sammy Nightmare Glenn, great hiker, and he knows fortunately a lot about rock climbing because I didn't know about that. And we wound up with some pretty steep stuff, you know, up and down. And he was able to, you know, teach me a little bit and spot me and you know put your foot here and you know drop your pack down first, that sort of thing. So I was really grateful for his his company. Um, and yeah, just these, you know, barren, uh, rugged mountains and these huge craters. And, uh, you know, the one highlight is, uh, the Carvalet. It's, um, just, a, 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 a you know, it looks like mountains just pushed right up out of the, out of the ground and it's a knife edge trail that goes along the top of it. Wow. Um, hmm. it, it really, yeah, it's stunning. It's uh, nothing like I've ever seen before. Now the, the climbing section that you're talking about where it sounds like you were doing some hand over foot type of um walking traversing whatever is that a requirement of of the suggested route or is that an alternate that you took is that part of it no that was the route okay Uh, some of it they have like you know handholds and uh you know or some cables strung along or even ladders in some Uh parts you know you're going through rock canyons um you know you're 60 meters down and then uh you know, the only way out of there is to climb up uh, ladders and stuff. So it's really a well-maintained trail, well-blazed. Uh, and for the really hard parts, like I said, there's there's helpers along the way. But some of it, too, is just, uh, you know, being very careful about uh, what you're doing. What is the trail blazed with? What is the uh, the markings? It's it's not the Israel blue and white flag, is it? No, it's just uh, it's uh, three stripes of paint. It's uh, orange, blue, and white paint. Okay. And, um, yeah, they, they angle it for which way you're supposed to go. And it got a little confusing sometimes because um, it would coincide with other trails. So, you know, you'd see a rock with like, you know, six or seven, uh, mar- you know, paint markings on there, all pointing in different directions, and you're just trying <laughs> to figure out which way it so, uh, But I got used to it, um, and like I said, it, it's, it's well-maintained and well-blazed. So, so, so that's, that part was- that's the southern half, but then kind of around, like, coming into Jerusalem, the landscape starts to change, is that correct? Yeah, it's farmland and vineyards, 
and um, you know, kind of rolling green hills. Uh, really beautiful. Now, does does like kind of the northern uh, half of Israel get more rain than the southern half, or is it irrigation? It's it's both. I think it gets a little bit more uh, rain, but it's really well irrigated, and that's something that uh, you know Ben Gurion uh, when when they founded Israel was intent on uh, making the desert bloom, and uh, they have some of the best irrigation systems I think in the world. Yeah. So you know, have these beautiful farms, like I said, vineyards, uh, pine forests. Uh, you know, trees that were all planted by hand. But beautiful forest, nonetheless. Does uh, to just to take us uh, to sidetrack us a little bit on the irrigation note? Is desalination a big deal in Israel? Do you know, or, or where, where does the water Absolutely. come from? It is. It's desalination. Yeah, uh, that's it. So it on the coast, the Mediterranean coast, they've got huge desalination plants that are removing the salt from the seawater and and sending it inland. They do. Wow. Yep. And there's uh, like water pipelines that go all the way down, you know, into the desert. For the uh, for the kibbutz and stuff down there, they have sort of these uh, protected water pipelines that are the only source of water for those villages. Are they solar powered? These desalination plants or are they fossil fuel powered? I don't know to be honest. I, okay. didn't, I didn't see them. Yeah, just but curious. You mentioned another thing is the part of the trail that goes along the Mediterranean. There, man, that is beautiful. That oh is, yeah. You you Tel Aviv and then you go north straight out of the city all along the Mediterranean, and it's just beautiful beaches, uh, and you just Hike along there. I camped on the beach every night. It was fantastic. Hey, Wolverine, I've got questions about just kind of logistics. So uh, ballpark, what's a flight going to cost, you know, on average to fly from the continental U.S. to Israel? Yeah, I flew JFK uh, round trip to Tel Aviv. It was $850. Now, okay, so you nice said round price. trip. So did you know that you were going to be there for three months? I mean, Yeah, because it was yeah. visa. Oh, so you, you planned, yep. so, so like even if you had finished the hiking early, you would have just found something to do and flown back on the date of your return flight. Is that kind of the idea? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that was my plan. I needed so much to see and do over there. I figured I'm going to be gone three months. So yeah, I went ahead and, and prepaid for a round trip ticket. You know, like I said, it worked out. I had a few days here and there to, to check out some of the cities. I uh, saw some friends in Tel Aviv and then um, I flew, flew home after three months. So second question, the the language barrier, like, did you find, I don't know how much Hebrew you know or not, but was, was it an issue to be an English speaker there for three months, like figuring things out, getting around? I mean, was it, was it a problem? Mostly no. Uh, they'll say that um, almost everyone in Israel speaks some English, which is true. I found that to be true. Okay. However, that also means that some speak none. And so there were a couple situations, uh, once in a bus station, you know, a couple other times where just no one around spoke English, and I couldn't figure out the bus schedule. And, you know, it's a little frustrating. But, um, again, uh, Nightmare, the guy I was with, uh, he's an American Jew, and he's, he spoke uh, some Hebrew, oh. and that wanted to be much. It, it helped out in a lot of situations. Nice. Oh, very cool. And I guess my last question, I think we kind of have to, to touch on this. I mean, uh, Israel is a place, there might be some security concerns as an American going to spend three months hiking in Israel. Did you find, yeah. did, I mean, I don't know if you could speak on that a little bit with, with the Israeli-Palestinian issue. Like, did, did you get into any sticky situations or, you know, what, or was it just something that you didn't even notice when you were there? I, I had uh, no situations, and everyone I met was great and nice. Uh, now, I'll admit, you know, before I left, uh, my friends and family are like, you know, oh, wait a minute, you know, is it safe going over there? And they were concerned, and especially the Golan Heights Trail goes right along the border with Syria. 
Yeah. And, uh, oh, yikes. Yeah. That yikes. was a little bit like, is this going to be okay? But um, it was. It was perfectly fine. I felt safe everywhere I went. I met all kinds of people, uh, Jews and Arabs and Druze and, all, you know, all, all different kinds of people. And, uh, you know, my philosophy is I just treat other people the way I'd like to be treated, and it's worked out well so far. Oh, that's excellent. That's good to hear. I know we've talked a lot about the Israel National Trail. If you don't mind taking a minute or two just to talk about the Golan Heights Trail you just mentioned, it, it, it runs the border with Syria. How did that differ from the Israel National Trail? Plenty of water, and that's for sure. Oh, really? Um, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's an easier trail. There's plenty of water. Um, the border with Syria is, is maintained um, by the UN. So, you know, you see uh, different soldiers, uh, but, uh, you know, it's not, it's, there's, uh, there was nothing scary. You know, I didn't have any run-ins or anything like that. So, um, so you're hiking along, you're hiking along and you see soldiers. Oh, yeah. And you're, uh, you're, you're like, uh, out, all, all, how, how far out are you in the wilderness when you see soldiers? Like, you're, you're far out. Well, you got to know that all of Israel is, you know, uh, the military is very big there. You know, they have mandatory military service. Yep. Um, young men do three years, and young women do uh, two years. Wow. And so there's constantly jets flying over, helicopters, uh, jeeps and Humvees uh, all over the place. You see soldiers uh, constantly. And uh, often they would, you know, offer food and water or, you know, they just pull over and, do you need help? Are you okay? And, and uh, you know, mostly pretty nice people. It's also weird to go, like, uh, into a store or a restaurant and see armed soldiers everywhere. I mean, the troops there, like, you know, I was in the U.S. Army, and we never left post with our weapon, you know, ever. You were either at the range or it was in the armory. Right. But when your issued weapon is, a, is an Israeli soldier, you bring it with you everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So you'll be in a McDonald's, and the guy in front of you has, a, you know, an M16 with a 30-round clip, you know, a loaded M16 right there. They're everywhere. Wow, that's So it's that's a little crazy. unnerving at first, but... Yeah, you yeah. get used to it. Hey, real but, quick. Yeah, you do. You were in the military, you say? Yeah. What did you I do? I was in the Army. Oh, yeah? For, for like, ROTC, or what were you doing in the Army? Like, just, just nope, out of curiosity. I was, uh, yeah, I was a medic in the Army from uh, 1986 to 1992. Whoa. And oh, wow. uh, I was stationed in Berlin uh, before the wall came down. No way. Oh, no kidding. Wow. wow. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit of an old man, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like you, D-Lo. <laughs> just like all of us in this room. Tonight. That's right. No, it's true. I, right. Tomorrow I turn 50 years old. Whoa! Oh, hey! Happy hey. birthday! I tell you what, Wolverine, well, we're going to hoist a beer for you tonight. Yeah, and, right. and I just want to uh, say that you sound like you're 27 on the Yeah, you sound pretty Skype. young, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a couple of Thank questions. So. i got a couple of questions. Yeah. You talked about how sometimes you'd come to these junctions and there would be multiple trail markings on a rock or uh, post. I'm curious, it sounds like there are a lot of, you know, these kind of scenic trails traversing all over the place. Did you run into a lot of other trekkers? Yeah, you know, it's a popular thing for young Israelis after they finish, like, high school and after they do their military service, a lot of them will take off, like, a year and either uh, hike the trail or a lot of them travel. So you'd see... You know, groups of other hikers out there, almost always young people, almost always right out of the military. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I would see other people, you know, on and off. And along those lines, then, when you went into these little villages and, and places, did people recognize you then as a backpacker and they kind of knew what you were doing? You weren't, you know, like a freak show walking into these places. <laughs> <laughs> they all know. They all know. Okay. The trail cool. is called the ship. 
and they all know the spiel Israel and um, all the kibbutz and, and even the, like the roads that are near the, the trail. When they see the backpack, they know what you're doing. You know, I think it was a novelty that I was an American, but you know, they all are very welcoming. The trail angels all on the way. You know, people just super nice. Uh, invite you into their homes. You know, offer a meal all the time. Really, really good people. I would say one one difference though <laughs> that you know between an American hiker and Israeli hikers is. You know, in the U.S., um, you know, we get dirty and funky, and, uh, you know, it's a weird uh, kind of badge of honor to not have gone into the towns for a while. You know, like, yeah. I don't need yeah. the towns, and everyone stinks, and, it, you know, and you don't care. Everyone's dirty. Not so much in Israel. Um, the, the hikers there get to a house and get to a shower as often as possible. And yeah. so, Nightmare, you know, the trail funk was pretty sick, and uh, it was a little <laughs> awkward a couple times. A little embarrassing because uh, that's not how they fight. You know, they they uh, that's not how they uh, roll. Wolverine, you mentioned no. the you mentioned the kibbutz a couple times. I know what a kibbutz, the kibbutz. is. What is a kibbutz? I, what, the yeah. kibbutz. First of all, Tell what is a kibbutz? kibbutz? What is a kibbutz? And uh, did you ever did you stay at kibbutzes? Like, do they offer hospitality to you? Sure. Yeah. Um, a kibbutz is a little uh, community living situation, and uh, typically. You know, they were designed you know, almost like a, a, a where everyone contributes, everyone works, everyone helps, and everyone, you know, helps raise the children. Uh, and now they're not so much self-contained, but uh, still really nice people. Um, yeah, some of them offer work for stay, or, you know, you come to town and they're just, just nice people. Nice. So did you stay at kibbutzes? Camp on the ground, yeah, stay inside or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I would just ask for a, a place to set up my tent. Um and and uh, very welcoming people. That's awesome. And maybe a shower. Uh, yep. Sometimes uh, you know, uh, uh, get a shower somewhere. Or um, there were a couple hostels along the way, but mostly, I don't know. Those hostels were like people, like foreigners visiting and just doing, you know, uh, a, a two or three day, you know, day hike kind of thing. It wasn't necessarily filled with stinky through hikers like. You know, hostels are on, on U.S. trail. <laughs> hey, Wolverine, you've talked about your buddy Nightmare a couple of times. Yeah. How, how did he get his trail name? His full trail name was Mother's Worst Nightmare. And, um, <laughs> oh, my God. But it cost a beer. Wait a minute. Say that again? Uh, he, he tells everyone, I'll tell you the story, but it'll cost you a beer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he's, a nice, he's a young guy. He's about 24 years old. And I met him. I was southbound on the Appalachian Trail in 2015. And, uh, you know, I'd been scheming and dreaming of doing uh, the Israel National Trail since 2012. And, you know, I tell a lot of people about it, and a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to do it with you, but they're not really serious about nah. you know, flying all the way to Tel Aviv. But when I told Nightmare, he was like, I'm in. I, I can get over there for free. I have a way to get there. I have friends and family there. I'll do it with you. So wow. the timing turned out to be a little messed up because he actually got over about a month earlier, and he did the whole northern half of the trail. Okay. And then we met in Tel Aviv, and we went and we traveled together down to the southern terminus, and we did the whole southern half together. Hmm. So what's the hiking season for the INT? Uh, it's all, all spring. If you go any later than spring, um, that it's just too hot in the desert. What do you mean it's by just, spring? Uh, Be specific. We need dates, man. We need months. Oh, yeah. Uh, February, March, April. I did, um, I did March, April, May. Okay. Now, you, so, could, also but, go, yeah. you could also go southbound. Correct. In the fall? Could you go yeah, southbound you in the fall? Southbound in the fall. Yeah, yeah. That's how Buck 30 did it. He went southbound. And um, I don't remember exactly what time of year he went, but he was, you know, not thrilled. Uh, okay. Not thrilled with it. He, he's not a very happy person. No. 
I mean, if he's a lot, he's if he's away from his diet coke for more than thirty seconds, he's a good guy. This is a problem. He gets the shakes and the scratches. I, I just think he's done a, a lot of miles, and he has high expectations. You know, yeah. and there's, a, there's a few things that he warned me about uh, that that was true. Like, for example, Israel has not embraced uh, "Leave No Trace," Ooh. and there's a lot of they just. Uh, I'm sure they will at some point or another, but it's almost like they're you know, 10 years behind the American hiking scene as far as they are not ultralight. You know, they're still all wearing big, heavy leather boots yeah. and uh, huge backpacks. They have not embraced Leave No Trace. So were um, there just, like, poop piles and tickets everywhere? Yes, there was. And he was not happy about that, and, and I understand it. And he also likes to, um, you know, likes to camp by himself a lot, so do I, and uh, in certain parts of the, the desert, you have to stay in these night camps. And, you know, they get crowded with a bunch of other hikers, and, you know, some of them are just day hikers, so they're staying up late and partying and stuff. And, um, you know, so he had, you know, he wasn't thrilled with everything about the trail. But, uh, like I said, he's just, he's done a lot of, you know, he's hiked in a lot of cool places and a yeah. lot of miles, and I think he has high expectations. Hey, Wolverine, you mentioned camping, and I was getting ready to ask you about it. So, I know, like, when PUD and I hiked in Spain, it was very common for, we were hiking the GR11, it was very common for people to stay the night in towns at refugios, did I say? Uh-huh. Yeah, refugios? Yeah, in, like, hostels and, and other in-town lodging. And then in New Zealand, it was very common for people to stay in huts. And PUD and I always tried to sleep in our tent and just camp and people looked at us and share horror uh, especially in spain they called it wild camping and and in new we, zealand too our friend rune he's afraid to sleep outside yeah he rune is absolutely afraid to sleep outside he tried to stay in a hut every night even though he carried like a six pound tent yeah. but anyway he's but soft that's beside the point so my question about the int as an american coming from the u.s long distance hiking scene I, you know was your inclination initially to try and camp out i don't know if you tarp or tent or whatever you do or cowboy camp but uh, did, did you try to do that as much as possible and then maybe find out that like that's not what people do on the int yeah i i also prefer to to camp um i carry a tent i cowboy camped a lot because there's you know it, it hardly rained um but israelis they seem to want to get to a house whether it was yeah. a trail angel or get a friend in the area and they would always say you know, Wolverine, come with us, man. We got a friend. We're going to stay at his place. And I'd say, eh, I'm, I'm just going to camp here tonight. Yeah. Why? We can stay inside. And I'd say, because I prefer to be out of doors. And yeah. a lot of them shook their heads at that. You know, a lot of them were like, you know, we can, why would you stay out if we can, you know, we have access to a house? And I'd say, because that's not, you know, not, not what I like to do. In, in, uh, in 2015, I was out for about eight months. And I think in that time, I only spent four nights indoors. Nice. Just, uh, yeah, I prefer to be. I prefer to sleep outside. I'm more comfortable. <laughs> Wolverine, uh, two two kind of semi-related questions. Uh, one about resupply and one about the fuel. What's the resupply situation like? Can you buy food in towns or do you have to mail yourself food from Israeli post offices to other places in right. Israel? Oh, and um, food, uh, fuel. What kind of fuel can you buy in Israel? Can you buy denatured alcohol? Can you buy... Uh, the the, the canister isobutane can uh, what did you call them I was, uh, I was isobutane isobutane <laughs> 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 all right yeah can yeah so fuel and resupply go yeah I'm a I'm a canister kind of guy and okay. uh, there were at least a couple areas a uh, few areas where where I could buy a canister 
Um, I bought the larger one so it would last longer. Um, but that was an issue. And uh, But as far as, like, it, when I hike in the U.S., I basically live off resupply boxes. You know, I have friends and family that send me, um, you know, resupply box to, you know, general delivery to a, to a post office somewhere. Um, but you can't do that over there. You know, it's exceedingly expensive to mail Ooh. stuff to Israel. Huh. Yeah, okay. and it takes forever. So I had to buy along the way. You know, I would just buy it. And that was a, a weird thing for me because I didn't know what people ate in Israel, and I definitely didn't know what hikers ate over there. So I would, uh, I just kind of learned as I went. And luckily for me, I'm a, an opportunistic omnivore, you know, so whatever I could get my hands on uh, was good. But I ended up carrying, like, some pretty heavy stuff, like, you know, uh, some vegetables and stuff, which are heavy, hummus, which is, you know, is heavy. Lots is of hummus. so delicious. Yeah, it is. And it's, you can get it everywhere. Oh. Um, Yum. So, uh, yeah, whatever I could carry. Some, you know, noodles and stuff like that, and I would boil water and, and cook pasta, you know, and put some sort of sauce on it. Uh, sometimes I would go into a market and, you know, I couldn't read the labels, and, you know, I'd get a little a little container and I'd think, well, it's got to be dairy because it's near the milk and the cheese, and <laughs> it could be cottage cheese, or I like all those things, so I'm just buying it. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. Could you, could you um, buy denatured alcohol if you wanted to cook on an alcohol stove? I, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Uh, wow. That's not the fuel that I use. I, right, I'm not, right. not sure. And and I'm and I suspect other hikers on the uh, INT. Do, do people call it the INT? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. U, U.S. people, Americans, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, we Americans might call it the INT. But uh, so on the INT, do, do people cook on alcohol stoves or no? Uh, I saw most of the canisters. Okay. Almost everyone had. Uh, Answers. And you can always burn rubbing alcohol in a yeah. It burns it's, very dirty, and it's got a lot of water, right? Rubbing yeah. alcohol. Yeah, it does. Or, but no, but like, it works. Yeah, if you're yeah, in a pinch. But why bother when you can get isobutane canisters? Yeah, of course. Come I'm on. just saying. Some people like to have their alcohol stove. I'm just saying. Not me. Some people are clinging to the past. That's right. <laughs> uh, so They're called <laughs> dead hands. Wolverine. I I personally think that. Uh, the, the, a trail's worthiness, at least to the hiker, is based on the question: Would you would you do this trail again? So I ask you: Would you hike the Israel National Trail again? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. Uh-huh. Really? I could get back over. Oh yeah, uh, I, I would love to do this trail. Uh, this trail again. I, I really had a very positive experience. Um, and same with the Golden Heights Trail. I'd love to do that again too. What would you do differently? Hike with Buck Thirty. Hmm. Yeah, and drink no, 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 so no, no. much, uh, so much diet coke. Don't don't bring Buck Thirty to this. Okay, what would sorry. you what would you do differently <laughs> next time? Uh, you know, I had a friend, uh, actually, a uh, connection that I made through Buck Thirty, named Noam Gal, and he uh, lives in Tel Aviv, and he um, is an Israeli, but he has hiked the PCT, so he knows you know the the American style of hiking too, and he's also a computer genius, and he had. The whole trail and all the waypoints and uh, all the different you know water sources, even off trail, um, in a in a in a file that if I had spent the time, I could have probably loaded it in my phone and had access to all that information. But I was just you know I was like ah oh, I got the map I'm good enough I'm good to go. So I if I did it again I would take him up on his offer to uh, load the the whole trail into my phone. Okay. And other. I would probably like to have left a little bit earlier in the year. Like I said, I went over in March um, because I, I had to work at least one more month to, to get some more tasks together. So, But I think uh, I would have started in, in February probably. 
Uh, Wolverine, one question for you about the Northern Mountains. Um, so when I when I was online today for like half the day reading about the Israeli National Trail, um, I, I'm aware that the southern half and the Negev Desert, very deserty, not much natural yeah. water, uh, lots of barren rocks, just no trees, as you mentioned. You get up north, right. you start to get into some big fields of flowers, and then towards the Syrian border, to the Golan Heights, you get into mountains. Talk about those northern yeah. mountains. Are they big? I mean, I saw like pictures of snow-covered mountains, which when I'm looking at these pictures online, this is not what I think of when I picture Israel. I do not think of snow-covered mountains. I do not picture fields of flowers. I just picture a complete desert, the entire country. But apparently I'm wrong. So talk about the, the northern mountains. Like there are there are fields, there are trees, there are natural forests. Talk, talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind. There, there are mountains up there, like Mount Hermon, is, um, it's snow-capped most of the year round. Wow. And it's not like uh, CDT-style hiking, where you're up, you know, above, you know, 10,000 feet, and it's uh, real difficult. You're mostly sort of hiking by the mountains. Okay. Um, you know, and um, it's more like rolling hills. Um, and then, yeah, Mount Hermon is uh, the tallest mountain in the in the northern part up there, and it goes up. That uh, little chain of mountains goes up into into Syria. So it's not uh, it's not like um, ice axe and and uh, and crampons type of hiking. There are mountains up there, but it's mostly you're hiking by them and seeing them. Okay. All right. Well. Wait, 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 one more oh, question, one okay. more question. Yeah, more Wolverine, what, what, uh, what, if any, trails do you have planned for 2018? And, and just, I'm just curious what you're thinking about hiking next. Yeah, I'm leaving in uh, February, and I'm going to try to hike the Baja Divide Trail. You know, oh, I I yeah, just but, heard about this, man. Okay, we're going to have you back, back on the, on the show, show I, in the fall if you make it out from Baja alive. <laughs> if and only if. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's a bike trail, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's not been done on foot before. Oh, so, really? How, how long is it? It's seventeen hundred miles. Whoa! It goes, uh-huh. San Diego, goes down to Cabo San Lucas. Seventeen hundred? Are you kidding me? That's how long Baja uh, California is. It's seventeen hundred miles. Yeah, well, I would have never. I guess it's well, pretty long. Trail of course it turns around, so it's longer than the peninsula. But yeah, yeah. Um, and when do you start? February. And you're going southbound or northbound? Southbound. Okay. Wow. Isn't, isn't it going to get hotter? Yep, and I'm going to wind up down around Cabo, uh, probably around June, uh, and, and uh, it's going to be brutally hot. Whoa. I bet you there'll be a lot of available accommodations in Cabo San Lucas <laughs> in, uh, in June. I, in June. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess will be, but the, uh, the challenge on this hike, of course, is the, the water again. There's yeah. these long water, this, um, some of them up to 100 miles. Whoa. So, wow. Um, Okay, man, yeah. we, we, we might have to check in with you while you're on your way down. Yeah, make it out alive, my man, make yes. it out alive. Um, well, yeah. I, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up about the Israel National Trail. Wolverine, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you wanted to share or any, any other information? Any websites you want to yeah. plug, anything? Yes, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, especially uh, Moose Jaw Mountaineering. Uh, they're a great Michigan company, and I've been working with them oh, since nice. 2011. Uh, they've always been very supportive of my hikes, especially the upcoming hike in Mexico. They're really uh, helping me with that, and they have a store in Boulder. So you they, guys do. Could, uh, they do. Do they really? Yep. Yeah. It's at the it's at the 29th yeah. Street and, Mall. Uh, or yeah. dot com. Yeah. Um, okay. I also with another Michigan company called Underground Quilts. Uh, it's a uh, UGQ Outdoor. 
uh, UGQ is for Underground Quilt. And they make uh, tarps and quilts, and they're making a custom quilt for me for, for the Mexico hike. It only weighs 22 ounces. Um, really nice. cool people. So you guys should check them out at UGQOutdoor.com. Word. Sweet. That's Excellent. Awesome, man. And we'll be sure. I, I'm pretty sure you also have a blog about your hike in Israel, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, WolverineCDT.blogspot.com. Um, I've been posting there, uh, seems like forever. So lots of pictures of, uh, of Israel and the Golan Heights and uh, my plans for Mexico. So you can check that out. Um, I'd love to give a shout-out, too, to, uh, to Beaker and Dragonfly. That's uh, Bob and Chris Turner. Uh, they're dear friends of mine. And last October, they uh, brought me out to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, to give a talk at an All the West function. And that's where I met nice. Clay Jacobson from yes. the Idaho Trail Association. And he led me to you guys. Yeah. So, oh, that's, oh, that's very cool. You met Clay. Right on. Yeah, Clay's the one that, that texted yeah, me yeah. and was like, oh, you got to have this guy on the show. So... So that's awesome. Clay's always doing good work. Wolverine, I can't wait to have Clay in my backyard, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to do so much good work in my backyard. Well, thanks so much for sharing your journey with us, and we'll look forward to checking in with you again once you're on your next adventure and hear a little bit more about that. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, guys, too. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, thanks for putting out the trail show. I'm a big fan. I listen every month, so I really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Wolverine. We're, we're glad there's at least one listener. We're yep. gonna we're gonna have you back on if you make it out of the Baja a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. All right, man. Have a good night. Ciao. All right, you too. Bye. Bye. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Wolverine just ran out the door. He's already heading down to Baja, getting ready to hike the Baja Divide Trail. I, I think he's I think he's already at Senor Frogs in Cabo San Lucas, man. <laughs> he's done. He's done. He's not going to make it out of Senor Frogs. Oh my gosh. All right, let's go to break. And we've got a new song by one Pat Axel oh, Dixon. Yeah. We're going to break with this new hit classic already. It's Palmetto by Pat Dixon. This is Rudy from the Trail Show. Ah, uh, hold on. This is Rudy from the Cascade Hiker Podcast, and I never listened to the Trail Show. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. Kind of let him know. I envy him by saying that. Dang it. Oh, that was Rudy from Cascade Hiker Podcast. Rudy. Thanks for that promo. You let everybody in on the secret, man. Dang it. You should have kept that on the DL. That's right. And thanks to Pat Axel Dixon for that brand new tune that he submitted to the Trail Show. Getting it done, man. Getting it done. See, it's not all back on the trail, people. This man has a range. He's not one-dimensional. He's not You can't put him in a box. Multi-dimensional. Human being. That's right. Just like D'Lo. All right, we have uh, Trail News, Beauty. And with all the news, it's fit to be heard. Beauty, take it away. All right. Liz Snorkel Thomas's book, Long Trails, won the National Outdoor Book Award for Best Instructional Book. I, I think it's actually becoming New York Times bestseller. Fake news. 
Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Sorry, Liz. <laughs> no, good for her, man. Yes. That's so cool. Oh, yeah, it's super Congrats, cool. Congrats, It's an amazing book. It's really well done. Have you guys read it? Yes. I think POD's in it. That's I'm in awesome. it a bunch. Nice. But uh, she did a really good job of not just... You know, it's an instructional book. It's kind of a how-to of long-distance hiking, but she doesn't just include her own opinions. She includes a wide variety of, here's how some people do it. These are some backpacking setup, like backpacking kit setups. So there's just, it's great. It's really well done. Snorkel, please send a copy to D-Lo. Thank yeah, you. Maybe he'll I go will. hiking again if you. Yeah. Know okay, that. I'll read please. it to my children at night as like bedtime stories. <laughs> I'm always in the. I'm always on the lookout for new bedtime uh, stories. I've got a few things that are not so exciting as as the book award, but oh. I, I need to share them anyway. Okay. Andrea Dinsmore has left us. Oh, I, yeah. I, uh, this is so sad. I hated to hear this. Well, we knew it was coming, right? And um, she has yeah. left us, and and and. You know, she was hanging strong there in the end, but but certainly was probably dealing with a lot of suffering. And so, you know, as they say, she's in a better place, but she'll definitely be missed. And she definitely had a huge impact on the hiking community and the world around her. And even her last posts, which were put up by her daughter uh, because she was too weak to to really type it all. And even those last posts were so positive and community kind of oriented and and so she's definitely going to be missed and and uh you know the best way to keep her memory alive and to honor her is by to continue talking about her and, and also to be doing things yourself that would be andrea-esque like sharing what you have and helping other people and and be sure to keep jerry in your thoughts because i think um i think it's going to be hard for him to kind of march on without her so yeah thoughts go out to jerry and and her daughter and the rest of their family and you know, it was a real treat for a lot of us at the gathering in Colorado in September. Um, Rudy from Cascade Hiker Podcast was able to, to Skype in with Jerry and Andrea on like a, a video feed. And we got, or I should say, Auto West got to award the Dinsmores with uh, the Trail Angel of the Year mm-hmm. Award. And Andrea was there for that. And that was kind of a, a special moment for everybody but but um sh- she'll be missed dearly and she'll leave a big hole in the PCT community but uh Jerry Dinsmore is still out there and and God bless him and uh you know our thoughts go out to their family for sure so move, moving along here there's some wildfires going on in December Whoa. in California number oh 4 God. right uh, Thomas it, fires number 4 uh it's the fifth largest fifth. no fourth the, as of yesterday it's grown okay. to the fourth largest fire okay, okay. In so California. when i typed this in it was the fifth but yes in yeah. in every other day it's it's actually Gaining another notch or two, yeah. unfortunately. And so I think I put this trail news item here at the beginning of the week. So what I have from the beginning of the week was that it's larger than all of New York City, 20% contained, one of six major wildfires that have destroyed more than 1,000 structures, uh, 93,000 people had been under mandatory evacuation orders in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. Did you say over 1,000 structures? Yes. That's mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, not all of those are probably homes. I mean, there's probably some outbuildings and and non-residences that are part of that number. But still, a thousand structures gone and, yeah. and counting. I mean, that fire isn't under control at the moment. No, at, in at fact, the time of this taping. Yeah, I have a friend who is um, her husband is 
on a hotshot crew, and uh, he's scheduled to depart at the beginning of January to go work on the fire there. So they're so. not they're not expecting it to be no. out by the end of this they're month. They're not. They're not. It's good grief. So yeah, well we'll we'll keep an eye on that for sure. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to these areas that burn to this extent over the next decade or two. How much how much vegetation comes back? Do they let <clears throat> excuse me, do they let uh natural wildfires burn in these areas like they should have over the years? Um, what happens with the urban, uh, the, the, the urban kind of wilderness interface, you know, I, I think it's interesting. To, I think it'll be interesting to see over the next decade or two, what happens with this wide swath of Southern California. Well, yeah. and, and the thing is, is that it's similar to kind of, you know, conifer and evergreen in, in Colorado in the sense yeah, that yeah. you have these homes of people who are like, oh, I want to live in the mountains. And so they live in these areas that they have all these canyons and stuff and they're super hard Very to defend against the wildfire because once the once the fire starts traveling up the canyon a lot of those canyons are super cliffy and there's no there's nowhere to there's no way to get back there there's no roads for the heavy equipment to get That's back right. there there's no well, way the to train sing. the train is steep like yes just watching watching video like it, it's no surprise to me that fire just races through that sort of ecosystem yeah. because You've got a chaparral ecosystem. It's super flammable, and the train's steep. And when fire gets going uphill, it races. You yeah. know, but the chaparral ecosystem is meant to burn, right? It, it yeah. is. You know, again, like you know, I, I'm more familiar with the ponderosa pine ecosystems that we have out here in Colorado. But it's kind of the same thing. Like if a, if an ecosystem that's meant to burn isn't allowed to burn for a much longer period than it was, you know, whatever that that normal frequency was. If you go past that two, three, four times the you know, the amount of you know years, when it finally does burn, it's a huge, huge fire, and it's typically catastrophic, right? So that my guess is that that's what we're seeing in California right yeah. now. Yeah, for sure. I was reading a great article in the High Country News recently about some of the mitigation techniques that are being used in. The New Mexico kind of urban, what, what do you call that? The urban. Wildland urban interface. The wildland urban interfaces. The WUI. Is that the acronym for that? Yeah, the WUI. Do they call it the WUI? They do call it the WUI. They do call it the WUI? Okay. Yeah. So um, what what would happen traditionally with the with the Pueblo communities that lived there before the Spanish arrived was that the, the, the Indians, the Native Americans, would just kind of go out and clear the land naturally. Not so much with the intent of removing the, the the potential fuels, but hey, we need these little twigs to build roofs for our homes, type of thing. Or we need these little twigs to start our fires. So, and by little twigs, I mean trees that are a couple inches in diameter, right? So they would yeah. chop down little trees, use those to make roofs and things like that, or use those to dry them out, make firewood, and they would kind of clear the land around their pueblos naturally just by basically being industrious and trying to harvest the fuels that were in the forests. And that's what some folks in the Santa Fe area are trying to do now, just to mitigate the potential fire danger for communities like that. You sure. know, we, we've, we've seen what's happened around Los Alamos in the, in the past few, in the past decade or so, past five years, 10 years. And so it's kind of like, let's, let's kind of take some uh, preventative steps to mitigate the potential fuel burning. So it'll be interesting to see what we us humans americans learn from what's happening in southern california now and what we do in the next 10 20 years yeah we'll see yep hopefully we make the right decisions i hope so
In other news, heavy. Ryan Zinke. Ryan Zinke. My man, my boss, the Wawa. Yes. Uh, Ryan Zinke. He's he's starting to feud with, you know, he's been in a feud with the outdoor industry for a while now. We call him the Zink. The Zink. Yeah. Yeah. Donna Washington, we call him the Zink. You know, high five. Zink. The Zink. Zink. So he's in a feud with uh, a bunch of outdoor industries, but, but most recently, Apparently, the House Natural Resources Committee said in a tweet that clothing giant Patagonia is, quote, lying, unquote, about Trump's plan in order to sell more products to wealthy elitist urban dwellers from New York to San Francisco. So this, they they put out this statement. Zelo, he's calling you out. I got it. Interruption. Trail show listeners, you need to go on the internet and search for Don of the Dirt Bags and read it from read it from start to finish. Hmm. Thank me later. I, I haven't even read this. Don, Don of, of the, the Dirt, Dirt Bags is an interview with Yvonne Chouinard. Oh, okay, okay. okay. fantastic. And he's the he's the man, founder yeah, and CEO so, of yeah. Patagonia. So this yep. tweet comes because Patagonia replaced its usual homepage, and I checked this out actually. Oh, so good. When you when you go to Patagonia.com, the first screen that comes up. Is it, still, they have, is it still like this? It was yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. They have oh, these really? like Tuesday. rotating screens, you know, that they kind of go through with these beautiful images of people climbing and, you know, in their gear and everything. But the first screen that comes up is a black screen and it says, The President Stole Your Land. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, Patagonia filed suit last week to block the planned reduction to Bears Ears National Monument. And anyway, so Zinke's all got his panties in a bind about Patagonia putting up that screen on their website. So good grief! Here we go. Ryan Zinke's stealing our land, opening up to raping and pillaging of resources. Do, standard really. Do your research, people. Get your yeah. own information. Make yes. your own uh, and and this is a bill judgments. This this opening opening of the wilderness areas. The separate issue from this tweet that I just talked about is real. It's happening. There's a bill. They're going to vote on it. It's happening. Get involved. You're talking about HR one three four nine. Yeah, the Wawa. D-Lo. So it's it's the end of the year. Some of us, like myself, uh, may be looking to make some end of the year uh, donations to charitable organizations. And I would just like to give a plug to nobody that has been affiliated with the Trail Show at all. But if you feel strongly about issues such as the reduction in the size of Bear Ears National Monument. Or the reduction in the size of Grand Escalante, Grand Staircase. Yeah, Grand Staircase. Thank you. Um, I would I would encourage you. I'm going to do it myself uh, to donate to Earth Justice. Earth Justice is a nonprofit, kind of semi. Basically, Earth Justice is a nonprofit organization that is going to lead and and funnel lots of money towards lawsuits to fight these actions by the federal government. This goes in direct conflict with your new position with Wawa, correct, Hilo? Well, most of our listeners know that I'm just pulling their leg with that stuff. But no, 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 no. Don't pull back the curtain too much, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it, yeah, you might uh, want to edit that out. Okay, yes, very good. Uh, this is in direct contradiction to my <laughs> new position with the Wawa, but I would just like to let our listeners know that if you put up the fight, it's going to make my job at the Wawa all that much more interesting. <laughs> All right, P.O.D., any more on trail news? Uh, yes, we got one more item. Okay. 
The GDT experienced a record year with nearly 50 thru-hikers reportedly making the trek, what, what, what? as reported by the GDTA. The Great Divide Trail we're talking yes, about. The, the Canadian Rockies. Trail. Whoa. Yeah. F- did you say 50 thru-hikers this year? Yeah, that's what the GDTA is reporting. That's incredible. I didn't know that many. I thought it was like 10. 50 this year. 50. Five zero. It's the Cheryl Strait effect, man. It's trail the w- show bump, <laughs> it's man. The w- Watch it's out. The trail show bump. Watch out. Coupled with the wild effect deal. Yep, it's done. Forget about it. You're going to be camping with Forget about it. people drinking Diet Coke. It's going to be terrible. All right. And with all the news that was fit to be heard, POD just ran out the... Out the door. She's gone. She's gone, ladies and gentlemen. Where did she go? Bye, right. P.O.D. She's back. Bye, Felicia. Bye, bye Felicia. All right. I think we've oh, got a... Hey, did, guys, did I mention that I'm going to buy some land in Mississippi and start raising goats? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are you talking about, D-Lo? No, uh, don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> My God. Let's move on. I'm, I, I just want the Trail Show Nation to know... That I'm practicing my southern accent so that when I buy land in Mississippi, they don't know that I'm a northerner from New York of all places. My goodness, a Yankee. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? We have what? a we have an Should unexpected phone call. Let's, Who's calling us? Let's see who this is. Hanukkah Samak. Hi, this is the Trail Show. Who's calling? Is this Bill Cosby? I, you know, I'm not sure. I just hit my head really hard, and I'm, I'm, I was just, this was the last number in my phone. I thought maybe you could tell me who I am. Ladies and gentlemen, Junaid Dawood! He just butt-dialed us, ladies and gentlemen. This makes sense now. Special 41, last we heard you were in Florida watching rocket ships blast into the stratosphere. Is this correct? This is correct. Yeah, I, uh, I went and uh, watched the the SpaceX uh, launch and land uh, yeah. over at Cape Canaveral today. It was pretty rad. So tell us about what's going on. Well, wait a minute. Now, special. Last we heard from you, you were sitting on a porch with Bobby Walters drinking cold beer, reminiscing about you know days gone by. What what has happened since your interview with Bobby Walters? Oh, my goodness, uh, so much. <laughs> so that was in Ohio. Uh, after Ohio, we, uh, we went to, um, to West Virginia and then Virginia, and we got to hang out with uh, Dinosaur, um, who's actually a friend of mine from the PCT in 2010. Yep, um, she, uh, Catherine Herndon. Um, so she uh, works for Appalachian Trail Conservancy and uh, Roanoke Appalachian Trail Club. Oh, so very nice. And uh, and did like a hot spot revisit at uh, Mackesy Knob. Ooh. Um, oh, yeah, I think I saw a picture. Photographed place on the entire AT. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty cool. We put together a little video of that. Um, and we, de- we actually did the filming for it on my birthday. How did you get to Florida from Virginia? Okay, so after, so we, we actually um, went down and spent Amanda's birthday on uh in Florida for just a minute in Pensacola area, and then we had to go over to Louisiana to a place called um, Black Bayou, where I got to play with a, a baby alligator, which was which Down was pretty cool. It did not bite me. Wow! So, uh, uh, just Junaid, just stop real quick and tell our listeners how you are traveling betwixt all these places. In a car, in a Subaru, okay. in the uh, the home, the office, the entertainment center, the kitchen. Uh, the hall closet, all of it wrapped up into a Subaru Outback. And so, why um, why are you driving be, uh, among all these places in a Subaru Outback? 
Because we're spreading the good word, man. Spreading what, the good word. Have you heard the good word? word? I know what you're doing. The good I just word want is, you to tell our is leave no trace. Okay, so tell our listeners why you're driving around the United States in a Subaru. Um, Amanda and I are the Subaru Leave No Trace traveling trainers. So we are cruising around and uh, trying to trying to get people to stop and think about what they're doing um, and to hopefully think about the seven principles of Leave No Trace uh, so that they can use the outside uh, at least as good as they found it, maybe a little bit better. Uh, I think we all know pack it in, pack it out. But I'm here to tell you that's old school. Uh, if you if you are if you are new and hip and cool, you want to pack more out because Whoa. you can always find trash. Pack more out, dude. It sounds like the Lead No Trace team needs to sponsor you guys to spend a year in Israel. From what we've heard from yeah, man. our friend Wolverine tonight. Oh no, really? Is he, uh, oh yeah, but that might be a some, biohazard some biohazard pack it out type of situation. It might be a Tyvek suit sort of situation. Hey, man, you can handle that. You got all sorts of biodegradable plastic gloves, you know, bioplastic gloves to pick up the poop. You know, f- fun story about uh, about Tyvek suits. Yeah. Uh, I actually carried one in 2010 on the PCT. Oh, tell us why. And, well, it was, uh, it was a wonderful way to be able to protect myself from mosquitoes whilst taking uh, power naps in the middle of the day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and let Did... me tell you, when you're wrapped up in a head-to-toe uh, um, Tyvek suit and you're laying there on the side of the trail and having a little nap, when people come up and see that, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Special, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it you that once recognized Recommended like go, going into a campground with some police tape and a Tyvek suit and maybe roping off a campsite or two. Um, I, I that sounds like the kind of thing I would say. Yeah, especially if you're rolling in there on a Friday afternoon close to the metro area at like four thirty. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Well, this is my campsite. Not anymore. There's the police tape. We're with the police. <laughs> We're going to need you to <laughs> evacuate. evacuate. now. Just put a little human feces don't, on your Tyvek suit. Don't People mind this Subaru that's parked here right now. <laughs> All right, special talk to us. What's next? Where do you go from Florida? What's happening, man? Uh, so after Florida, we're going to – actually, we have an event um, in Florida with the Florida Trail Association. Um, oh, there oh God. Don't tell them you're from the trail show. A, yeah, yeah, dude, don't tell them. Don't tell them you're from the trail show, whatever you do. Oh, uh, It's probably oof, too late. Yeah. It's probably too late. That might be late. awkward. It could be. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Might, you might not want to mention anything we kind of ruined, trail show related. We, we kind of ruined our relationship. Not, not with we, the, I, yeah. I, so, so I ruined the trail show's relationship with the Florida Trail Association when I called the Florida Trail uh, basically a trail I, on I wood boards say, through a swamp. So that was my bad. I won't say anything yeah. until we're driving away, and I'll just I'll just yell out, "Get on the trail!" Yeah, that'd be cool, man. And and you know, if you do, and if it comes up, you could just say like D-Lo has has recognized the error in his ways and he would sincerely like to apologize. What was it, Misty? He is, he is repented. No. I, I don't think that was the issue, but I think we should just l- let that lie. A special, in preparation for tonight's taping of the trail show, we actually threw a question out to listeners and just let them know that you were going to be on the show and, and we asked if anyone had questions for you. So we did have one listener submit a question uh, and we actually got audio and I'm going to play it at this time if you are ready. I was born ready. All right, hold on. Let me let me cue up the tape. Hello, special. <laughs> this is 
Donald Trump. I know you've had some issues with the wall that I'm building for people with last names, Daoud. Have you made any attempts to get the proper paperwork or visas that you need to be in Florida? Um, yeah, actually, so what I did was I called my good friend uh, Robert Moeller. And, uh, and How dare you, special? As a, as a special investigator for the, uh, the special prosecution. How dare um, you, so, sir? You know, I, I know that um, you're pretty tied to this idea of walls and such, and that, that's cool and all. But i got to tell you, man, you might start investigating ladder technology, because I'm pretty sure you're about to spend some time behind some walls. When I oh. get done with the wall, it's going to be the biggest wall the best wall, the most bold wall that's ever been constructed in the history of walls. And believe me, I know walls. I imagine you probably stand in front of walls and uh, and and uh, probably scrawl things on them, carve your name into them. Um, I actually recently found a, uh, a scrawling um, of yours on a bridge. Uh, a little hand bridge, a little like the, on the handrail there. So uh, is this is this a joke about off. small hands, Daoud? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't making it a joke, but I got to tell you, it was some pretty small writing. So I don't care for Daoud. Donald it's, Trump out. Wow, that was weird, man. I, fits, I didn't know he was going to submit a question tonight. So. I didn't realize we'd have Donald Trump on the show so soon. Yeah, it was very oh, strange. Really? I kind of feel like our, think so? our, our listeners have expressed strong feelings about our our political political leanings, and they would prefer that we didn't... Political leanings, They would prefer that we didn't go into the politics. So, And I respect that. So, special, this is D-Lo. And I haven't yet moved to Mississippi, so I'm not going to use my southern accent. Thank so God. So my question for you tonight is how much longer are you going to be on this Leave No Trace tour with Subaru? So our contract ends at the end of March. <gasps> and then what? Do you get to keep the car? Yeah. Do you get to keep the car? Unfortunately not. <sighs> no, they don't, they don't let us keep the car. <sighs> I mean, you know, if the Trail Show Nation wants to write some letters to Subaru and tell them how much they think that we should get to keep the car, I mean, I'm cool with <laughs> I that. I think that's actually a great idea. Uh, we should start an Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, or we should just encourage just... people to write letters to Subaru and say you should let Special keep the car. <laughs> they're not. They're, yeah, <laughs> no, we could like... make it really easy for them. We could put up a website. We could say let Special keep the car. Enter <laughs> Your email address, your zip code. Yeah. Here's a form letter. Bam. Boom. Spam Subaru. Bam. Boom. Bam. 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 Well, and you know Just what like we can that. do is we can take off the leave no trace wrap and yeah. replace it with trail show wrap. Ooh. Oh, dude. Then you could be on the trail show cross country mission, spreading the gospel. Yeah. See, I want to go back to religion a lot. I, I, our listeners do not like the politics, so I want to start to talk about religion. That's anyway, a fun subject. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, end of March is when you guys, uh, your time is up. So, what will you be doing between now and March? What states are you going to be hitting? Um, so, we're going to actually be uh, Florida, um, Georgia, um, Florida, Georgia line, Alabama, Mississippi, um, and then we'll actually be in February. We're heading over to the Grand Canyon. <gasps> Ooh. Wow. Yeah, and then after that, we'll be heading up to uh, to Wisconsin again. Um, go back, go! Over on our way up to Michigan. So we're actually going to be heading back to a place in Michigan that we were at earlier in the year. 
um, and doing a training course up there with uh, with Nathan from the Keemanaw Land Trust. Cool. Oh, awesome. excellent. You know who else um, I'm thinking about trying to meet up with? Actually, there's two studies here. So I was trying to meet up with Out of Order because he's here in, in uh, Florida. Yeah. Um, Amanda actually stayed with Out of Order. Um, what? Because after we were done in Louisiana, what? I got on a plane and flew to Washington to visit my family yeah. after Thanksgiving. And Amanda drove down here to Florida. Um, and she stayed with Out of Order um, on the way and hung out for a little bit. So she actually mm. got to meet Out of Order in person before I did. Oh, and, that is uh, random. <laughs> yeah, and then he's Lord. getting ready to take off. I was trying to trying to hang out with him actually, like right now. Uh, but he he's got stuff he was he's trying to do, get getting taken care of, or at least that's the story he told me. That he's okay. on his way um, to Colorado. And then I so Buddy Sesum. Uh, oh, Sesums! Buddy Sesums! What? We haven't been he drinking. He gave me the lowdown on uh, where to watch the rocket launch today. Oh. Um, and I'm actually like somewhere right over in his area tonight. So I, I sent him a message trying to see if we can link up and have a beer tomorrow. Yeah, you should link up with that guy. He likes to drink good beer. He's a he's a good connection down there. Yeah, hope, hopefully we can meet up. I'm pretty sure I'm like within, you know, like less than an Less than half an hour drive of where, oh, where you, he lives. Um, you got to link up with Buddy. Please tell him that we all said hello. Oh, absolutely. And drink some of that, what, what is it, P.O.D., the Florida cracker? The white cracker. The white cracker. It's my favorite. From uh, Cigar, Cigar City Brewing. Yep. Oh, well, they make good beer. Yeah, they do. They do, man. Junaid, since you've been gone, did you know that uh, Cigar City has been purchased by Oscar Blues? I feel like I heard that somewhere. It's, it's mm-hmm. the truth, man. Did, did, it's the truth. Was that actually mentioned on the trail show? It, it was. Been, yeah. and, and Oscar Blues also purchased Perrin Brewing up in Michigan. Yeah, they're picking up some good ones. Uh, they really are, actually. Are. So if you roll into any Oscar Blues pub in Colorado or North Carolina, they will have Cigar City and Perrin on tap. Great. Do they have that delicious Blackberry IPA? Yes, man. I saw that in Salida. Just wow. the other really? week. Really? Where? At nice. the beer store? At the beer store in Salida, no Blackberry way. IPA. That's because Oscar Blues Distribution is sending it out to the Colorado. Previous trail show beer of the year, ladies That's and gentlemen. Right. Well, special, we got to wrap it up. Uh, so we are looking forward to, to kind of keeping tabs on where, you, where you're going and what happens with you. And uh, keep us posted if you uh, hang out with Mags and Out of Order. And special, we oh, will absolutely. put up a, uh, a, a kind of a website where our listeners can send letters to Subaru USA to petition them to let you keep the car. I, I like it. They'll right. probably have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. That's, that's the, the best point. part. <laughs> all right, man. man. Well, have a good night down there in Florida and uh, give the sea turtles and all the uh, Florida crackers our best. Will do. Will do. Y'all have a good one. Good night, Thanks. special. All right, man. Later. Bye-bye. Peace. And there he goes, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Janaid Special 41 Diode. He just ran out the door. He's drinking beers with Buddy Sesums. D-Lo. I got nothing to say. Okay, excellent. We got to go to break. When we come back, we've got the entire show to do. Don't go anywhere. Mike DiLorenzo's in studio, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, wah, wah.
that's your trail show, huh? You've been listening to it for years. Never let you down, right? Wrong. Only a section hiker would listen to the trail show. Duh. Thanks, Brute, for what? that amazing promo. That's pretty good. Wow. You two should send in your promo. Send it to disco at the trailshow.com. Pull out your phone. Hit whatever audio recorder you've got. Shoot it to me as an MP3. And we might even play it. And Brute, keep up the good work. That's right. That was great. He sent us a great clip last month, yeah. too. Brute, you're doing God's work. You're doing God's right. work, Brute. All right, let's get on to trips. Beauty, let's start with you. Where have we gone this past month? Uh, I did go to Albuquerque and Tell spent some time with our friends Mark and Julia, who very why? graciously provided the beer for tonight. I went there because Disco had a conference, and he was going to go sit inside for eight hours a day, and I thought that would be a good opportunity for me to go hiking. <laughs> Dilo, I kid you not, there was a day that I saw 14 30-minute PowerPoint presentations <laughs> back to back to back with only one 30-minute break for lunch. 14, it's a new PR that I hope to never, ever break again. That sounds amazing. So while Disco was conferencing, I went and did some hiking. Uh, <laughs> and 14, Dilo, specifically, 14. I went up Bosky Peak. <laughs> and I also went up South Sandia Peak. And it was nice. And I had a great time. If it wasn't for the New Mexico beer, I don't think I could have made and it the through food. 14 PowerPoint presentations, D-Lo. Do you just roll down to Albuquerque for this presentation and uh, left man, like, yeah. the next day? No, no, no. It was like a four-day conference. Whoa. And I, I, ha- I have to get these continuing education hours for this certification thing I have, and I was able to get a bunch of this conference. But d I had to sit through 14 PowerPoints on a Saturday. Oof. Rough and I was man. like, how was your day? What? Oh, really? You sat through seven hours of presentation? Oh, that's cool. I went up a peak for six hours. How, what was the vertical gain on your peak, Princessa? I wasn't that much. I think one day it was about 2,600, and I think the other day it was a little over 3,000. Okay, cool. Three Gs. Yep. Wait, I got a trip. All right, go, go with All it. All right, so last Friday. Denver Zoo? Denver Zoo? Last Friday, I left work around 12 o'clock. Biked west five, six blocks. I work right downtown Boulder. I biked west five, six blocks. Then I biked north like 15 freaking blocks. It was a long bike ride. It was much, it was a much longer bike ride than it was a hike. But then I got to the trailhead and I locked my bike to a street sign. You know, no bike locks in this neighborhood. And then I hiked and I probably got a nice. It's a solid 500-foot vertical gain. It was pretty straight. There was that one point of time where I had to use my hands to scramble up a rock. Class uh, wait, three? Class four? It might have been two plus. Two, two plus. plus, okay. Two plus. Got to the high point, actually, which was not quite the high point because Mount Sinitas. Oh, we've been up Sinitas. I didn't make it to the top. Mount Sinitas was above me, but I just made it up to the... Approach trail, if you will. I will. And then I said, you know, that's pushing an hour and a half lunch break. I think I'll head back. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a lunch break. Oh, you, yeah. weren't, you weren't off work, man. No, no, it was a lunch break. So I was like, I think I'll head back. And next time, I'm not coming up this way because it's much too far to bike and not far enough for a hike. And I already biked like 
10 miles. You should have Ubered to the trailhead. That would have no, no, saved no, you I a lot of time. No, I don't Uber. I don't Uber. D-Lo doesn't Uber. Come on. Uber. Or Lyft or whatever. He only lifts. Hitchhike. I ride my bike, man. I ride my bike. Anyways, next time, I'm going to ride my bike to the Southern Approach Trail to Mount Sanitas. And then I'm going to run up to the top. Were you able to sneak back into work? Oh, nobody unnoticed? cares. Nobody cares how long okay. I'm going for. Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of yeah. nice. I've been hiking Mount Anemone on long lunch breaks like this on Fridays. Yeah. But I decided to, to, to attempt the goat trail up to the Dakota Ridge Trail on Sanitas. The goat cool. trail. Yeah. It's a good trail. Actually, it's a, it's a really nice trail. It's nice and steep. It's uh, got that section where you've got to use your hands. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the most direct approach. But I, I made it about, I'd say, like two-fifths of the way to Sinitas, and that was like pushing my hour and a half time limit. So hmm. there you have it. That's my trip. All right. The only thing I have to report since the last show is a day of trail maintenance. POD and I went out on a, <laughs> a warm December day, as we've mm. been having here in Colorado lately. And the southernmost mile and a half on our eight-mile stretch of the Colorado Trail that we maintain is uphill on a south-facing slope. It was completely snow-free. There's not many trees. It's covered in sagebrush that is encroaching on the trail. So P.O.D. and I spent four hours knocking back sagebrush. Did we you were pulling clippers, or what did you do? We did it all, man. We had, we had clippers. We had a McLeod. We, and sometimes we were just pulling it out. So it was a mix of... Trimming it back, chopping it back, and sometimes yanking it out, yanking it out, throwing man. it out, and throwing it out. Yeah, and also yucca. I pulled where out where some is yucca. the southern terminus of your uh, maintenance? Clear Creek section? Reservoir. Clear Creek Reservoir, okay. which is about eight miles south of Twin Lakes, via Collegiate East on the Colorado Trail. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, we we were planning to only spend two hours, and we ended up being out there for about four hours. And oddly enough, the only other person that we saw out there was another guy who was doing like some rogue trail maintenance on our section. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It he, was awesome. He came strolling the opposite direction that we were working, and he had like a silky in his backpack and some loppers. And I was like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, hey, there was four trees across the trail up there on the ridge. He was like, I cleared them for you. I was like, dude, that's Who's awesome. That? Who was that guy? Uh, you know, I ended up finding out who it was through a Colorado Trail Foundation person, but I, I don't know, some guy that lived in BV. He Ooh. was just out there, you know, he on a like, Friday. He was like, hey, it's a warm December day. I should go do some trail maintenance. He, he could be a new trees. friend. He could be a new friend. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he, he hits our section, you He's know. He's a friend of the Colorado Trail. He's a friend of the trail, D-Lo. Friend of the trail. Yeah. So that was it. That was my... Uh, it's tr- that time of year, folks. You know. We ain't going too far. We ain't nice. going too far. Wait a minute. What? What, what, what is this song? What's the, what's the, I think this is a song from the trail show to you, Listeners of the Trail Show. That's right. In the seasonal greetings session, we are going to see you. Let me me start this over. Let's start from the top. Yeah, okay. Let's start from the top. It it is the season of perpetual hope, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas season, and we have prepared a melody for you. Uh, Lyrics by D'Lo. Get ready for nothing like you've ever heard before. I think it's called I Rebels. Blazing through the snow in a Rasta kind of way. Or the crops we go. Thanks and praises all the way. Buds on trees a glisten, making spirits high. What fun it is to roast and sing a Rasta song tonight. Oh, I rebels, I rebels, Selassie all the way. 
Oh, what fun to give thanks and praise in a Rasta kind of way. Hey, I read bells, I read bells, Rasta all the way. Oh, what fun it is to blaze in a Rasta kind of way. One more time. Fields in a Rasta kind of way. Or the crops we go. Thanks and praises all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Buds on trees that glisten. Making spirits high! What fun it is to roast and sing a Rasta song tonight! Oh, I read bells, I read bells, Rossi all the way! Oh, what fun to give thanks and praise in a Rasta kind of way! Hey, I read bells, I read bells, Rasta all the way! Oh, what fun it is to blaze in a Rasta kind of way! Rastafari, Selassie, King of Kings, ruler of rulers, conquering tribe of the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. Happy holidays to you and yours. (laughs) Hanukkah Sameach. Wow, that was All a right. trail show first, ladies and gentlemen. Should we go into our media review? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Oh I got to pull it. I got to get it back together, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Let me... Sh- should I whack the tubes? Yes. Yeah, please. I, I gotta, mean, we need a little palate. I got to come down off these psychedelic mushrooms. We need a little right? palate cleanser after yeah. that. So tonight is a BYOMR. Bring your own media review. I ate all this peyote before Wait, the mate, trail show. Wait, can I do... Before we, before we hop in... <laughs> before we hop into media review, can I do a trail tip? Sure, do please. it. <laughs> Whoa, are you okay, too? <laughs> Not really. That was... Hey, I'm okay. What do you think of that red riot? I won't breathe. <laughs> what go, you, go ahead. What do oh, you, no, I'm flexing my stomach. Stop punching it. What do you think of that red riot you from... You know, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's mellow. It's all right. It's not hoppy enough for you, D-Lo? I'm, I'm looking forward to my 100 IBUs Cumbre Brewing IPA. Oh, that thing is... Tomorrow night. It's... Super hoppy. I, I want my teeth to fall out. Man. It's delicious. I want the enamel to just melt off my All teeth. All right, do your trail tip, please. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what I have tonight is what I like to call the two-ounce hygiene kit. What? Ooh. I hold in my hand. Did you take pictures for the Trail Show Nation? I will. I will okay. post this on the interwebs. Ladies and gentlemen, it's actually less than two ounces. It's actually oh. a 1.6-ounce hygiene kit. Ooh. Tell and us more. We got into this a little bit on bonus show number four, which was funding your own through hike and I talked about how I was able to save $2,000 on my second PCT hike because of a sponge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, so, instead of staying in hotels and showering, you had a sponge, and I therefore you never sponge. needed to stay in town. So what I've it's got... It's amazing, dude. It's amazing. What it's I've, absolutely amazing. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and I think, I think all of our trail show donators should receive one of these what in the mail. These <laughs> so let me explain. There's three things in my two-ounce hygiene kit. Oh, my kit. God. There is a blue dish sponge, or in this case, a purple dish sponge. I prefer blue. You, should, you should try to find blue. Burps. Highly recommended. We have a purple machine. Today. There is a very small mini dropper bottle that is full of Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap. Liquid mm. peppermint soap. Liquid peppermint. And <laughs> the third item in my two-ounce hygiene kit 
is a 12-inch by 24-inch light-load towel. Light-load towel? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear more about that. It's for drying. It's for, for drying. drying. Right. So here's what I can tell you. You've got a sponge, you've got liquid soap, and you've got a towel. And what I can tell you is that for two ounces, you can take this little combo. I've got it all in a, a sandwich-sized Ziploc bag. And any situation that you may find yourself in where you have the opportunity to become cleaner than you currently are in your trail filthiness state, this two-ounce hygiene kit will take you there. You know, you could cut that sponge down and put it in a snack bag. No, no, no. I recommend, not only do I recommend not cutting the sponge down, I recommend finding the biggest sponge you possibly can. Should I carry a car, one of those car wash sponges? Now that's a little, it's a little much, but but what I've, I have seen people Do you want to carry a natural sponge or do you want a petroleum-based sponge? You want a sponge that's made straight from Iraqi oil. That's my highest okay. and only God. recommendation. Okay. Yeah. yeah, not not that, not no, that like, no, no, no. No not that sponge. West Texas crude. You want the no. Saudi Arabian You want crude. Saudi yeah. crude. Yeah. But what I can tell you is like, let me give you an example of, of my ro- most recent use of the two-ounce hygiene oh. kit. Oh, please do, Disco. So I was hiking a section of the Arizona Trail in late October. We happened upon the Grand Canyon, And as you pooped you do. your pants. I was, I, it was close, but yeah. I made it to a toilet. Okay. And what I found out when I got to the bathhouse is that they had coin-operated showers. <gasps> now, as a thru-hiker, you may find yourself in, in various facilities here and there that has coin-operated showers. So... For $2, I got eight minutes of hot wait, water. Wait, wait, so you had coins? I had to get change. Okay. Yeah. I also had to get a can of beer. Also highly recommended for your trailside shower, but optional. It's not required. Here's the thing. You show up, you're hiking along trail, boom, all of a sudden a shower house appears, and you're like, well, wow, this in I haven't had a shower in seven days. There is a shower house. I, but, but then you're like, oh. now, wait a minute. I, I don't. I don't have a scrubby. I don't have body body wash. I don't have shampoo. I don't have conditioner. I don't have all the things that I normally have when I shower in my everyday life. Guess what, Delo? There is the two ounce hygiene kit. Okay, so I want to know about this towel, which appears to be in a little metallic uh, tin or something, right? No, no it's, what it's is this? Plastic, plastic wrap, wrap, man. Okay, so what happens when you take the towel out of the plastic wrap? So Check it out. Can you com- can you compress it to that small of a size no. again? No, no never. But it gets really so small. will it fit into the sandwich size Ziploc after you? Uh, yes. Yeah, you just okay. fold it, fold it over, and let it'll. The, let me see this thing here. And by the way, the 12 inch by 24 inch weighs about half an ounce, maybe a little more. Same with the sponge, same with with the soap. So what I would where, submit, where does one get a cool tool hand wash towel? The internet or any CDTA event? Yeah, I think if you CDTA just Google light load pack towel. Do you I, mean CDTC or CDTC? You said CDTA, Teresa. If you're listening. <laughs> Cast your evil spell. Do you know on how Felicia? many times I say CDTA? No, I don't. CDTC. But, Fli- but Pretty much Teresa every time. Martinez, if you're listening to the trail show tonight, and I know that you listen to all of our trail shows, cast your evil spells on Felicia. Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Felicia Hermosilla. Cast the evil spells on her because she just called your organization by its previous and dead name. Okay. <laughs> As it turns out, Z Packs at zpacks.com sells light load pack towels. Uh, looks like they're about two bucks a pop, 
and they have $2. the 12 inch by 24 inch size. $2. What is this thing made out of? It's made out of absorbent material. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. It's it's more petroleum based things that will be here longer than you and I will. But anyway, disco. This whole kit weighs as much as a standard Snickers bar. But you can't eat it. So, trail show listeners tonight, if you donate ten dollars no, 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 to no, the trail no, show no. over the uh-uh. next month before the year is over, you will get your own pre-packed. No, no, you'll get a couple of no. stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and if you donate fifty or more, you'll even get a trail show koozie. Please should stay awake. <laughs> I'm dying over here. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a pic of it online. All, All right, right moving on. Yeah. Next segment. Where are we? Media review? Media Hold review. On. I need like 10 more beers. What's going on? B-Y-O. I do have... Those psychedelic B-Y-O-D. mushrooms are really like... You're trying me feel to go out tonight. of order. We've yes, got, I am. We've got an audio clip uh, to play. We've got iTunes Top 5. We've got a lot of things to do before we do media review. Come on. I was on. trying to put okay. some space between our interviews and clips. I veto that. Let's I think explore, we go. Let's explore that space. I think we go. <laughs> I think we go to this audio clip. Okay. It's, it's a shorty but a quickie. Matter of fact, our good friend Out of Order sent it in <gasps> in preparation for his upcoming arrival into this great state of Colorado. Oh, he sent us a clip. I'm going to attempt to find it here on my soundboard. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm gonna have a chip. All right. Here we go. We got Out of Order, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is Charlie Huntington. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's Charlie. Oh my god! Oh my god! Get your passenger! Son of a bitch! <laughs> Damn it! Dirty bitch! <laughs> you guys are doing good! Tom, hurry up! Is that Charlie? <laughs> oh, dirty son of a! Come down later for moose soup! I'm gonna need some of both. Yeah, you guys come down here after I got moose soup and everything. Alright, right, you guys are doing good! Son of a bitch! Hey, I got you on video! Dirty son of a OMG Huntington boats everywhere. Gee, Raymond just lost a passenger. Gee, I was glad I got that on video. <laughs> Come down for moose soup after <laughs> you boys. Okay, I don't know. I apparently hit the wrong button, D-Lo. I don't. I, I thought that was. Oh, out I of thought order. that was out of order. No, it was not oh. out of order. It was it sounded some, sounded just like him. It's I, it's weird. Come down for moose soup after. I must have had the wrong clip in there. Apparently, I don't have the out of order clip, so we're just gonna have to move on with the show. I actually, I I really don't know what that was. Okay, can we do iTunes top five? Sure. And there are none this month. Let's move on. Uh, you, you don't, Dilo, you don't want to do iTunes top five? Uh, I thought it was your favorite segment. Felicia, I defer to you. You don't want to do any of this. You just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, we All have, right, no. let's do iTunes top five because here we are. <laughs> because why not? 
It's Onion's favorite segment. Yeah. We've got Buck five. Buck 30 is a big fan. Buck 30 is a, yeah. a beer fan. All right. Oddly enough, it looks like the first review is from someone named Lawton G. Five stars. More sound effects, please. Love the show. Been an avid listener <laughs> since the beginning. I don't understand why people don't want more sound effects. The sound effects are great, especially the Euro <laughs> sirens that make D'Lo laugh. I swear this is not disco writing this review. Less gear, more trail show. Sounds great. That's awesome. Actually, I, I did that as a test because we had a listener saying that she was having trouble writing an iTunes review. So I, w- I actually went through the process to see how difficult or not it was. And, and as I mentioned before, what I learned is that as long as you're logged in to your Apple account, mm. You can, yeah, which we is, determined this already. Which we already talked about this. Logging into your Apple account is potentially easier said than, than done. done. Okay, what else we good. got? Scooter, aka Jared Wildenrat, says five stars. Wisconsin hiker. Ooh, I just wanted to say Go that back. for you being great entertainment during hikes and shuttles, I'm more than halfway done with my fourth hike of the IAT. Thumbs what? up on reviewing a trail more than once. Is that the International Appalachian Trail? I yeah, think I guess so. so. Have well, we reviewed that? Hardcore. No, no we ha- we haven't reviewed that. But I think he's saying thumbs up because we have reviewed a couple the yeah. long trail. Maybe maybe the IAT the is on our, should be on our radar. It is, and uh, if we can get one Jupiter to to yes, come up here yes, 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 in yes. studio, Jupe, come on, man, where are you? Okay, Fact Master says five stars. There ain't. A man nor beast that can inspire you to hike like the trail show. The trail trail show has inspired me to get on the trail, especially when the inner fat kid doesn't want to. The trail show (laughs) is the introductory podcast into long distance through hiking, where when you have been in it for a while, it's less gear, more beer. The first couple of episodes are like the CDT. You just have to embrace the brutality. Oh, that's that's good. I like it. Trying to make sense out of nonsense for future generations. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. All right. <laughs> Numero cuatro. Muy bien. Like the local data says, five stars, five chilies. Better than a kick in the groin. I would hope so. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Mike from Texas, too. Five stars. Great podcast. He says, thanks for the great podcast. I really love the show. But I may have to stop listening because of the ridiculous gear reviews. What's next? Pushing your hiker hiking partner's head into the ground and having them hold the guy lines. That's a good idea. Hey, what if you tie the guy line around your hiking partner's head? Uh, and then have them cowboy camp outside yeah, your tent. Yeah, it's a good idea. Why not? I mean, it's Why kind I of like about this? it's dual purpose, right? It's yeah. like your hiking partner is sleeping outside the tent. Why not tie the guy line around their neck? All right, let's do media review, and then we'll take a break and come back and wrap her up. Finish her up. All right, tonight is BYOMR. Bring your own media review. So each of us is going to talk about some sort of. Media. Out- outdoor related media that we have been enjoying of late. And uh, I just, just recently started in on the Her Odyssey blog, which is about uh, two women who are Neon and Fidget who are trying to traverse America to America, America to America. So they're doing 
uh, Tierra del Fuego, up all the way through Canada. And um, yeah, they're they're estimating like 20,000 miles or something. Wow. Uh, and it's self-powered, so they're not just hiking. They're they're doing some bicycling as well. And their goal is is to 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 do this over several years and and to enjoy the cultural aspect of it as well. It's not just a long distance trek, but also kind of a, a cultural journey to enjoy the the land and and the history of all the very unique people that have lived along that land, especially in in the southern parts of the of, of South America, where a lot of those descendants are still very much. Uh, alive and keeping their culture alive. So I just recently, I'd heard about them and had kind of gone to their blog a couple of times just very briefly. And I just just recently started reading some of their posts and they're really good. I totally encourage everyone to to get on board and start start plowing through their posts. They're, they're really thoughtful writers and their content is really great. So yeah, the uh, it is uh, Her Odyssey... Uh, actually, the the website that I have here is crazy, but the uh, URL. But if you just go to her Odyssey, if you type that into Google, you'll find it. So that's what I've been looking at. Wow, very cool, Delo. Yeah, you're a you're an avid reader. People at Trail Show Nation don't know this, but this man consumes books. I do. Like I consume. I think I've read beer. like Cold I think beers. I've read like thirty to forty books this year. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And is your media review tonight a book? It is a book. What do you got? I got a book called Junk Raft by Marcus Erickson. Junk Raft is part science, part adventure. Marcus Erickson is a scientist. He works in Southern California. He's probably smoked out right about right now. He sailed from Santa Barbara, which hopefully doesn't burn, to Hawaii on a raft made from reclaimed plastic bottles. What? And that worked? And he made it. And the book kind of catalogs his adventure? So the book was pretty cool because the book starts off like very much focused on the adventure, but then it kind of segues into the plastic pollution that our consumerist uh, lifestyle has bestowed upon the environment, you know, the externalities of of all of the modern, you know, luxuries that we have at our expense such as 32-ounce plastic big gulp cups that we just dispose of in the, ga- in the trash can rather than recycling, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of those things, which we just don't think about because we're so busy and, and, and you know, reading Facebook and going to work and driving our cars and riding our bikes and whatever. And we just, it's just like, you know, you don't even think about it. It's like, hey, I bought all these tomatoes and they're in this plastic thing that I just threw away because it's too thin to recycle, right? You don't even think about it. But if that plastic thing happens to escape the trash yeah, cycle sure. and doesn't make it into the landfill and winds up in a creek, it's going to go into the ocean. And he talks about the garbage patch. And he talks about how the garbage patch is not necessarily like this big floating mass of visible garbage. But what happens to the plastic when it gets out into the ocean is that it just kind of breaks down into these microscopic... Microplastics. Microplastics, these really micro... Not necessarily microscopic particles, but very small particles that the small fish ingest. And then they get sick and they die. And then the dead fish get eaten by seagulls and, and whatnot. And they then, in turn, ingest all this plastic. And just the plastic proliferation that's in our environment. So it's it's a big downer and it'll bring you back down to earth no pun intended by just the sheer fact of what our 
society does to the planet, our only planet that we live on. But in the next chapter, he'll talk about an adventure because he did sail on a raft made from plastic bottles and plastic sheeting sewn together for the sail with a disposed, fi- you know, like a thrown away plastic aircraft hull as their cabin wow. from Santa Barbara to Hawaii. And they made it. And it was pretty amazing. So one chapter will be a, a deep discussion about the plastics and their impact on the environment. And the next chapter will be like, well, now we're in a storm or we haven't moved in three weeks because there's been no wind and we're running out of food. And it's a really fun adventure novel. Good wow. book. I highly recommend it. And uh, Junk Raft. Junk Raft by Marcus Erickson. He's still he, he's working in Southern California for his nonprofit organization. I bet they'll take your money if you're looking to make some year-end donations. Very nice. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds like a pretty it's cool fun. story. It's fun. All right. My Bring Your Own Media Review for the month is a book called Memorizing Shadows, Inspiration from the Arizona Trail, written by Heidi Elizabeth Blankenship. After I finished the AZT, I was on Arizona Trail Association's website, and I was just kind of looking through their store page. And I'm always kind of on the lookout for long-distance hiker or thru-hiker books that are a little bit out of the ordinary. I feel like we all know what that that standard thru-hiker book is. It's I hiked from you know point A to point B, is, and here's my book, daily journal. Isn't there a book called I Hike? <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh! So that's your back. Wrong, wrong clip. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> Heidi's book caught my eye because there's this really cool photo on the front. <gasps> He's got it in studio, ladies and gentlemen. It's I do. Right I do. It's got some yuccas, and it looks like kind of like that wood block, like that paper cut art. Every page in this book has one of these paper cuts, one of these pieces of art, and it has a poem with it. And poem. A poem. And I really, really dig the art in this book. And it's this is unique for a trail book, you know? Yeah, it is. Basically, what she did is is she took a lot of photos along her thru-hike of the Arizona Trail. And that when she got home, she created these paper cuts, these images, which are scattered throughout the book. And, D'Lo, if you don't mind, I might actually read one of these poems. Oh, that would be fantastic. Read a poem. I'm going to read up. This poem is called Barefoot. And it's interesting. Like, I, I have no... There's nothing in me that allows me to create a poem that's worth reading. Nothing. I do not have the skill set. So I appreciate it when someone else can do this and do it well. Agreed. The cool thing I liked about this specific poem is that it immediately brought me back to a moment on the Arizona Trail. I think the nostalgia factor of this book is out of the roof, B.O.D. So anyway, this is Barefoot by Heidi Elizabeth Blankenship in her book, Memorizing Shadows. Mystical, clear water, luxury, swirls around toes and ankles, tiny pebbles and sand stirred by current massage feet. Locianagus Creek, a ribbon of pleasure beneath the first swarrow tilting on the hill. Tall trees arc overhead, every rough edge trimmed in green. There is nothing anywhere in hundreds of miles more divine than this. Wow. How cool is that, man? So uh, it brought me back to a moment when it was a very hot day, and I got to this little this little cottonwood-lined stream. It was like the only shade in the, the last three or four miles. And I took my shoes off, 
and I plunged him into the icy cold water, and it was the most divine thing within 100 miles. It was so cool. So anyway, Heidi, I love your book. Uh, it's called Memorizing Shadows. If folks are interested in checking it out, you can get a copy at aztrail.org. That's Arizona Trail Association's website. It's also on Amazon, or you can get it from the publisher at shantiarts.com. Shanti Arts. All right. Shanti. Weren't we singing that last month, Shanti. Dilo? Shanti. Yeah, I think we were. It is a really cool book. I, I've, I've looked through it. Yeah. And um, Here, I'll pass this over, Dilo. You should check out some of The art is really cool. Cuts. The art, I would love to get uh, a print. Yeah, a yeah. print or or some postcards or something with the block prints there or with the paper cuts, I should say. They're really cool. Let's go to break. Okay. When we come back, we've got Ask a Hiker with Delo. Wow. We've got a Do tent we steak review. We've got mailbag. Amazing. Donors. Mailbag. Don't left. go anywhere. Yeah. Chill, she'll be back. Gross. You need a Ludens, man? God. Raise a glass. The trail show is back. Trail show is back, baby. We got mailbag. Cider. All right. Let's get into our... Were there any letters? Rip open our mail. Yes, we've got uh, Voodoo's writes, Dear Trail Show. In 2016, I met Potlicker while hiking the Colorado Trail, and he told me about hosting Disco and Skittles on the GET. and was incredulous that I had never listened to the trail show. I don't, Incredulous. I don't do podcasts, but I was desperate over the past two months to alleviate the painful full blast dubstep and endless monotony of my first experiment as a trimigrant. Trimigrant, baby. Yeah. You all right, P.O.D.? Did we already read this letter? I don't know. I don't know. Keep reading. I don't think so. We'll find okay. out. Often I was suspended in a mindless zombie-like state as my muscles and brain nearly atrophied from non-use. But sometimes I was nearly driven to the brink of insanity with no one to vent to. Luckily, I remembered the trail show and downloaded all episodes. I threw listened to the gamut and felt like my trail family was there with me. Thank you for doing what you do, being hilarious, and keeping me from going completely bonkers in Bigfoot country. Love, Voodoo. P.S. While tra- listening to Trail 57, I decided to walk the SDTCT this month. Thanks for the motivation. The San Diego Trans County Trail. Yeah. I thought word up. Maybe we read it. Maybe we didn't. It's what? not known. We read it again. I don't think we there read it. it. Pod does. Yeah, I have no idea, man. Because I'm not like this sober at this hour of the night to remember anything the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, Voodoo, thank you for the letter. And if we wow. read it twice, thank you twice. Moving to yes. Mississippi. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. This next one's from uh, Larry Boy. Larry Boy. Hey, Disco, funny you talk about terrible hitches out of Lee's Ferry on the most recent TTS episode. Maybe a week or so before you were in the Pariah, I met a buddy at Wire Pass Trailhead to do buckskin and the Pariah. I was coming from Section 7 through 9 of the Hayduke, and we had to hitch back from Lee's Ferry to House Rock Valley Road. Got to Page pretty easy, but got stuck there as the sun set. Ended up needing... Ended up needing a 50-buck cab ride to get to the turnoff on Highway 89. 
It was my buddy's first time hitching. Always an entertaining sight. I also brought so much beer and page that they made me fill out a form to ensure I wasn't going to go sell it on the black market on the Navajo Res. (laughs) Only way to get real beer in Utah without paying through the nose at the state liquor store. 200 bucks worth of barley pop. No regrets. Best Larry Boy. Wait, quick question. Larry Boy! The the state liquor stores in Utah's are like overpriced. Probably. Yes. Are they really? Yes. Okay, because I went to a state liquor store in Utah about five years ago, and I do not remember it being excessively overpriced. Well, I don't know. I don't know. The last time I bought beer in Utah was in Escalante, and I do remember it being overpriced, and I remember the selection being very, very bad. They had lots of polygamy porter. Gross. You had a better store than I did. I, I was in Moab. Okay. Yeah, it's that a makes liquor store in Moab. It was fine. It was like just a liquor store like anywhere else. I had like four different six packs to choose from, and that was it. Huh. Yeah. I felt like I had a better selection, but that could be Moab versus uh, totally the Perea. The Perea, baby. All right. We've got another item here, and this is from one of our donors this month, Randall D. Randall D. I just started listening to your fantastic show. You're like the NPR of the backpacking through hiking community. That might be a little bit of a stretch. It's not. Your show not keeps true. me excited by the day for my next and future excursions. This holiday season, I will embrace your motto for my gifts. I'm not sure what that means. Like you're less gonna, gear, <laughs> oh, more, more beer. beer. Okay. Or, or is it going to embrace the brutality and just start punching people <laughs> in the nose <laughs> for Christmas? <laughs> hey, happy Christmas. Here's a punch in the nose. Pow! Trip, triple money mustache style. Merry That's Christmas. Right. I like it. Thank you, Randall D. That's it. That's all I got from Mailbag. Did we have any donors, donators, yes. or did we have yeah, any we one-offs, recurrings? What do we have? All right. We've got our every month, which there's been some people joining the ranks of the every month Whoa. of the of the trail show the VIPs. All-stars. The all-stars. We got Bernard Wolf. Hey. Wolfie. Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Kinder. Craig Pisco Gully. What a guy. What a guy. Chris Smith. Gringo Madness. Bobby Walter. The Bobby Walters. <laughs> it's like when they score a goal. Yeah. Uh, goal. Except it's the Bobby Walters. Uh, Joshua, bow down to Job Bowden. Bow down to John. Dilo's favorite. Yeah. Irie. Diane Pinkers. Stein. David Vitti. Hey. Oh. Justin Quality Null. Hey, Quality. Jason Lurch, not Church Dean. Don't Lurch, man. The Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe don't Church. Lurch, not Church, the Baptist Dean. I like that. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Vermont. Samuel Emery. The The board. board. Rudy from Cascade Hiker Podcast. Hey, Rudy. Jeffrey, not Sessions Caldwell. Uh, Yeah. Not Sessions. Not Sessions. Buddy Sessions, not Sessions. Buddy. I'm very confused about Sessions, not Sessions, and not Sessions, Sessions. What? Uh, Yeah, don't ask, man. Pat Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. Steven the Hustler Russell. Hey, Russell. Ammon the Brute Bruce. Brute. So brute. a very nice brute. audio clip tonight. Yeah. We got Trevor Bowman. Oh, pack it up. 
<laughs> the Bowman. <laughs> oh man. The Bowman. <laughs> it's the Bowman. I gotta go to bed. Uh, and we have joining the ranks also Renee Shira Patrick. Shira, yep. master of the universe. Uh, for our one-offs, it's still raining koozies, but that rain is going to be clearing out soon. There's not going to be very much rain left to rain down. Yeah, we're getting But we're getting don't low. worry, Trail Show listeners. We will have for you in the new year two hours bags no, 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 no. of sponges. Who's Dr. Broders and... No, no, no. He's, no, he's no. not recording. You're wanting no it. hygiene. No <laughs> hygiene kit, CeeLo. <laughs> All right. No, <laughs> no hygiene no kits. <laughs> Get your, you know, B-Y-O-H-K. That's right. All yeah. right. For uh, one-offs, we've got Ray Fitch. Ray. Fitchy. Mark Weatherington Jr., the third Esquire. Weather the storm. Caitlin Garcia. Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Bob McCullough. Bob. <laughs> Brian Morris. Morris. <laughs> and Randall Dowdy, not Pouty. Dowdy, not Pouty. Turn, the, turn that smile upside down. Yep. Turn that frown and then for upside down. Our beer sponsors, we got Mark and Julia from oh. Albuquerque, the ABQ. Thank you so much for the ABQ. Mark and Julia. Shout out. <laughs> from God. From God. Oh, is that the God? Thank voice? you and God bless, Dio. <laughs> Shout out to Mark and Julia. Thank you and God bless for the beer. <laughs> You're good kids. We appreciate it. Tractor Brewing. Cumbre Brewing. And Marble uh, Creek. Marble Creek. Shout, shout <laughs> or out, something. Shout out to something the ABQ. With, something with marbles. ABQ. Breaking Bad. <laughs> God out. Oh, man. Oh, I wasn't expecting God to. God out. Yeah. I know Donald Trump hasn't been on the show in a while, so no, it's nice God. that God yeah, made no, a, God a made cameo appearance tonight. All right. Unbelievable. That's it for That's donors. It. Email back What's donors? next? Keep the music going because it's. Is it time for Ask a Hiker, d Yeah, I think so. Did now, we get some questions this month? We did, and I had so many that I'm going to go over half of them this month. Okay. And half of them next month. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, should you start at the beginning? or I think I will, because that way end? I won't lose yeah. track of what I talked about this month and accidentally okay. talk about it next month. Excelente. All right. Question number one is from Gare E. from Flugenville, Texas. Dear Trail Show, I'm a 68-year-old. I haven't picked up a pack or hiked seriously since my mid-40s. I'm not in the greatest physical shape, but not the worst, and have developed a mad, all-consuming urge to hike the Colorado Trail for my 70th birthday in July of 2019. Feel free to tell me I've lost my mind. You're the first person I've shared this with. Or, if you're so inclined, I promise not to hold you responsible could you throw out a few suggestions for making this all happen? Really enjoying your podcast. The best. Gare E. from Pflugerville, Texas. All right. I got to admit, I actually responded to Gary, but I thought it'd be cool to like have this, throw this question out to all of us here in the room. Okay. And what I told Gary is like, hey, man, there was an 82-year-old guy from Illinois 
that through hiked the 2,100 mile Appalachian Trail this year. You being 70 years old, wanting to through hike the 480 mile you're Colorado a, Trail. You're a youngster, man. You're a youngster, man. You you can do this with your eyes closed. You know, I basically said, don't hesitate. Get out there. Check out P Mags's Colorado Trail End to End Guide, which is available for free at pmags.com. Well, you know, with the loss of net neutrality, I got a hunch that Uh-oh. the ISPs are going to be charging a little bit more money for access to Paul Mag's content. So, uh, yeah. Paul Mag's, if you're listening, which we know you're not, um, <laughs> you may need to pony up some of your hard-earned cash to keep your site as relevant as it has been over the years. PSA to Paul Mag's. I think that's excellent advice. It is. <laughs> All right, Gary, I, th- I think just get on pmags.com. And Gary, lift some weights, man. Throw up some plates. Get, get, you got 2019 when you turn 70. It's not even 2018. We got like two more weeks of 2017. And I would say, I would say start early and yeah. go really slowly. Yeah, and yeah. I would say lift weights, man. Build up some muscle mass. Uh, eat right. Start running. I, I don't see why you can't do all those no, things. No, fine. Your, when you got old bones, you know, do Not, it. Yeah. Drink lots of milk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Question number oh two. Oh, my God. I don't think we read this one last month. I don't know. Did we read it? P- I uh, don't know. Oh, we'll find out. Maybe our listeners will let us know. Okay. Here we go. Dear sir, this is a question about preparing for hiking while wintering in Alaska. I think we read this one last month from Kelly. Let's go, Lane. We did read something from her, but right, I don't know that we let's read Let's move this on question. to question three because right, I think good. we did. I'm sorry, Kelly, if we didn't, but we're not sure, and we we can't subject our listeners to repeats on Ask a Hiker because we, we've already done it once on this show. So. Have we done it once on this show? I don't know. Pod I think says so. I'm looking we have. it up right it's now. Not clear. Okay, we don't very know. Good. So let's move on to something that we know we didn't talk about. Question number three. Dear Trail Show, hola. My husband and I are planning on doing a 150 mile segment of the Colorado Trail this summer. Whoa, this is the Colorado Trail themed Ask a Hiker. Session. That's right. Probably starting from segment 20 or 21 to the end. I have no idea where that is. I don't either. We are experienced backpackers, although this will be our longest single trip, and plan to start a little extra workout routine in the late winter to prepare. Good on you. Good on you. No doubt. My question is about our dog. We have an English Springer Spaniel, P.O.D., with a ton of energy who loves to go hiking. He'll be doing a lot of extra walking and hiking with us that we'll do in the spring, so I'm not really worried about his stamina. My main question about his is his altitude sickness. We're at sea level, and he's never been at altitude. The last thing we want is to have to get off the trail because our dog gets sick. How real a concern should this be? Should we just save taking him for a smaller trip in the future? Thank you, Trail Show. Best, Nicole. P.O.D., do you have any hashtag not fake news about dogs and altitude sickness and elevation and that kind of thing? You know, I've n- <laughs> I've actually never heard about animals getting altitude sickness. Why doesn't it happen? Um, it could have something to do with the brain structure because altitude sickness is a function of your brain actually swelling and causing you to have discomfort and all kinds of other things. And then there's also the other piece of your body not getting the same amount of oxygen. And so that 
makes your body freak out. So it could have something to do with their organism that they, they just, they acclimatize better. Their, their cranial structure might be different so that even if their brain does swell, it doesn't yeah. affect them. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was demonstrating what happened there. Sorry. I don't know about segment 20 and 21. I, it's, I no it's further, so we're, we're, our section's on segment 11. Okay. With segment one being around Denver. So segment 20 would probably be Lake City-ish High. area. High it's stuff. San Juan's. We're yeah. talking San Juan's. Yeah. So we're talking high elevation. So basically getting on at like Lake City and finishing up the trail type. Probably. I mean, honestly, yeah. I'd yeah. be more concerned about the humans than the, the dogs. If they're all coming from sea level, I would yeah. be more yeah. concerned about their own health than how the dog's going to do. Right. Spend, so spend some time in Denver, then spend some time in Lake City, and then yeah. start your hike. Yeah. Or, or Durango, wherever. Do some hikes from Lake City type of thing. Yeah. Give yourselves at least a couple of days, if not a week, to acclimatize to Colorado altitude before you head up, you know, above 10,000 feet. I mean, I know you're itching to get out there and lay down some miles, but your body will thank you and your dog will probably yeah. also yeah. thank you. Yeah, and, and sure. like, it's, it's high up here and we do a lot of peyote, so you got to take it slow. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read slow. one more mail, uh, Let's do it. one more question because we skipped one and because, That you one know, went fast, man. It's not quite... Uh, Year 30 over here. All okay. Right. Trail show question number four, formerly question number four, now question number three of Ask a Hiker November. No, it's December of 2017. Here we go. Hi, trail show. I am not D I've been on only one week, one week long hike trek across the 10 mile and elk ridges. So I'm not accustomed to the trail name tradition nor was my hiking partner. When I brought up the idea to him, he gave me a puzzled look like a man confused by altitude. How many hikes should we go on before going on a tiring vision quest in search of trail names, even if it has the means to derail us emotionally? I mean, I'm tough, but at altitude I'm weaker. So, thanks. And this is from Seth, Nameless Ingles. Sounds like Seth wants a trail name. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't have one, and it sounds like his hiking partner has no clue what on earth he's talking about. Yeah. He thinks yeah. he's deranged by the altitude. So I think, Seth, tonight on the trail show, we will give you a trail name. Oh. Yeah. What do you guys think? We can discuss it a little bit before we come up with one. I think you kind of got to know a person before you can give him a trail uh, name. No, it's not true. We can just like fully come up with the trail name right now, and this guy will forever... From here on All right. in, we've got a timpani. Of ta- from the dawn of time to the end of time, be known as. Anybody have any ideas? I, I'm thinking nameless. Nameless. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How I about like that's kind of a cop out? How about wait a minute? <laughs> from henceforward, Seth Nameless Ingles will be known as Little House in the Prairie, Shoeless Joe Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right. I, I like Little House in the Prairie. Why? 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 Because his name is Ingalls. Oh, like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we call him Wilder? Okay. Ooh, From Wilder. henceforward, <laughs> Seth Nameless Ingalls will be known as Laura Little House in the Prairie. <laughs> 
I thought it was wilder. All right, Seth, you get to choose which of those 20 different names we gave you. We don't know. We don't know wilder's good. Wilder's cool. I like so Wilder. Is, so is Little House in the Prairie because it's really long. You're like, hi, I'm Little House in the Prairie. Or, or it could be. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. L H O P. Yeah, L H O P. L Hop. L Hop. L Hop. That's even better. Little and you could like, change it to L, like E L in yeah. Spanish. The like, Hop. Yeah, I'm like, L Hop. You're like, L Hop. Let's go <laughs> to hop. the Hop. <laughs> it's time for a gear review. Oh, this week, this month, this year, tonight, we've had an 18-wheeler bring in these tent stakes all nice the job. way across America. The trail show funds have gone to good use this year and bringing these tent stakes to you. These two tent stakes, which I hold in my left hand, Pass have to come POV. here Pass one to POV. this month on an so 18 I can wheeler. stab you in the eye if you don't shut up. The, an 18 wheeler roll into this neighborhood in Boulder, man, and it braved man, all these, the traffic and they it dropped like these trail sticks Carbon off fiber. here. They feel like they're Carbon plastic. Fiber. There were two tent stakes. They look about to be four inches in six length. Six inches, d Maybe like uh, six inches, you say. Read the tag. It was an 18 Re- wheeler. d read the tag. It was amazing, man. I watched the men. It says Piquet came Thins. on the eighteen wheeler. Uh, I made the on. tent stakes and they laughed. When they Avec came to this Ame neighborhood and took the tent stakes out from underneath the straps and the trailer bed, they laughed because okay. it was ridiculous. So this was a listener Don't submitted the tent stake These request. Awesome tent it was stakes. our good friend Arno, trail show listener. Friend of ours we hiked on and off with on the PCT in 2008. He said, hey, man, I've got a whole quiver of tent steaks, and I tested them all. A quiver. And the best tent steak to open up a bottle of beer is the MSR Carbon Core Tent Steak. And it just so happens these things are some of the lightest tent steaks on the market. They're 0.2 ounces a piece. Just like the Ground Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I use the ground claws for, like, <laughs> landscaping projects. <laughs> Have you used them? Oh, yeah. I, I use them to hold back, like, tomato cages and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're really... As you should. They're super hardcore. This, the, I could not hold the tomato cage back with, like, bulging fruit. Wouldn't happen. Beauty, how would you describe this tent stake? Paint a picture for our listeners, please. It is a cylindrical prism with a tapered end, kind of like a knitting needle. The central part, the shaft is gray. The pointed end is a nice... Uh, burnt sienna color. It has a plastic cap on the end that sticks out of the ground uh, that is translucent but not transparent. And it has the MSR logo stamped onto the end, the the end of the the tent stake that sticks out of the ground. And it also has a lovely uh, little loop of P cord, um, some of the thinner kind that you can get. Uh, that is. There's a hole punch through the end that sticks out of the ground, and the P cord is limp- looped through there, so you can get some nice, some nice grip on this when you're trying to pull it out of the frozen ground. I got to tell you, these are not cheap. You want a carbon core tent steak, you're going to be forking out a fair amount of money. You can Google it and figure it out. You can find them on sale mm-hmm. sometimes. I'd I have to feel say like these, these wouldn't last in a tree root. We're going to no, find out, but they're, beauty. They're really good for picking your teeth. Yeah, they do have a sharp and point. And you really could, you really could net with these. Oh, yeah. What about chopsticks? Could you do... Oh, yeah, totally. Look at this. But apparently, Cliff Clavin says, I mean, Arno, he says that 
They're the best tent steak to pop a cap off a beer bottle with. You could do totally we have a beer bottle? Can I? Can I? Test we do not. We you do could not. totally use these as chopsticks, people, because that's what when you're on trail, that's what you're, you you want to do. You want to use chopsticks to get the food in the slowest possible manner into your food and beverage hole. But food and beverage <laughs> you hole. You could also <laughs> you could totally knit with these. I could totally knit with these right now. I like well, it. I what would you make? Would you make a hat? A scarf? I would make a koozie for my tent stakes. An ultralight Cuban fiber poop sack is what she would make. <laughs> you I can't guarantee. knit a Cuban fiber. That's a good point. All right, that's our tent stake review, ladies and gentlemen. The MSR Carbon Core tent stake, 0.2 ounces. It'll set you back a few dollars. All right, folks, we're coming in for the close. This is the part of the show where we end the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Chris Wolverine Hillier for Skyping in today to talk to us about the Israel National Trail. That was amazing. Wolverine, that was an excellent interview, man. We hope to hear yeah, from you on uh, the Baja. What was it? Baja Divide? Yes. The okay. BDT. The BDT? D-Lo, man. Please. I'm trying to end the show. Come I'm on, trying to play doing? the drums. God. These, these, these tent sticks also double as drumsticks. Big, big thanks goes to all our monthly out of my hands. PayPal donors. You two will get thanks and praise and a fantastic hot off the press Joshua Koozie and Blood Orange IPA stickers for $15 more donation at thetrailshow.com. It's too loud, man. Please. For Sorry, the love man. of I God. I thought it was like really like, you know, tribal. What, did you bring the tambourine? Tribal. <laughs> tribal defecation. Tribal defecation. <laughs> you can always find us at thetrailshow.com. At Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show. At wait, Twitter, wait, 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 wait. At the Trail tribal, Show. Wait, wait, stop. Is the tribal defecation That's what's going on at Israel National Trail? Only, <laughs> only a white guy from Boulder would say that. Tribal. I'll have to find that clip, d You can also find us on the Stitcher app, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, the Podcast Addict app, and of course on iTunes. Dude, where's my Dejembe? Another Trail Show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in 2018. With more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for the Princess of Darkness, Delo, and Special 41 in Absentia, I'm Disco. Ciao! Ryan Zicky, Ryan Zicky, Ryan Zicky, Ryan Zicky, wow, 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 Poop tickets, poop tickets, poop tickets. INT. Knitting with ten sticks. Knitting with ten sticks. Knitting needles. Knitting needles. Knitting needles. Totally. Knit. Peyote. Chopsticks. Peyote. Pick up the poo paper with it, then use it again as chopsticks. Israel. 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 Old Testament. Hebrew. Old Testament. Kabach. Kabach. Talmud. The Talmud. Daoud, yes. Daoud, <laughs> Hanukkah Semea. Build a wall, build a wall. <laughs> All right, that's a show. All right, we're done here. Let's get out. Let's go. <laughs> Time to go home. Okay. Bye. Fuera. There's All a right. tripod, Dilo. On one leg is beers, on the other leg is trails, and on the last leg. Nonsense. That's correct. Felicia, I defer to you food and beverage hole. Come down for moose soup after! Hmm. Oh!
Irie Bells, Irie Bells, Selassie all the way.